Hey, listeners, sorry this is taking so long to put together. Uh, we actually recorded this a couple of weeks back, back before the whole Unity thing got, you know, somewhat turned around where they actually made a reply and responded to the criticism they were getting. Uh, but the reason why this is taking so long is Miles's mic is really fucked up in this one. I don't know what's going on. We're going to try and work it out, hopefully, by the next podcast. But I apologize for the bad quality, and I apologize for this taking so long to get it to you. had to laugh my ass off at the fact that Nike was closing down one of their main locations in uh, Oregon. They're based in Oregon. <laughs> that, that's where that company started was in fucking Oregon. Yeah. That's why the <laughs> Oregon football team always gets the coolest uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> and they're having to close down one of their main locations because crime is so high. Like, do you think maybe, at some point, it might be the people you guys are electing and the policies they have. Just a thought. No, no, it's the children that are wrong. No, no, it's the children that are wrong. I fucking love that every fucking time. It's the, <laughs> it's the principal <laughs> from, from the fucking Simpsons. <laughs> Am I so out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. It's, it's so fucking accurate. It's unbelievable. Yeah, every time we point something out like that, that's the only thing that goes through my head. Uh, am I out of touch? No, it's the children that are wrong. Oh <laughs> uh, Well, speaking of out of touch, let's go ahead and get started. Never found out why you left him, but this answer begs that question. Too blind to see tomorrow, too broke to beg or borrow. Young and stupid. Left wide open Hearts are wasted Lives are broken One more point of contention I need some intervention Approach with vague intentions Betray my short attention Spend the distance Bridge the border Welcome to the Geek Out Heroes. This is Vargo. This is Josiah. Anderson. Miles. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently shitloads of delay. I was waiting for is it. The, <laughs> is it delay or is it is it the order that we're fucked up on? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember, I don't even remember like the last time we had all of us on. So I don't. I don't even remember if Anderson came Either. first or if you came first and Anderson came last or who's on first. Well, shoot, we're still not uh, all together. All I remember, we don't have Loach, so we can't ever make full since Voltron. I came on the podcast. Loach, I'm... Loach doesn't count anymore. <laughs> he just doesn't count. He's 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 an honorary member now because he refuses to be on. Do they make him like MCU Thor, all kinds of weak. <laughs> Speaking of being out of touch. Unity, what's going on? 
<laughs> like listeners, we don't know. Like, I don't know. You've probably been, you've probably heard the news. I mean, Jesus, it's gonna, it's been making the rounds and it just keeps getting worse for everybody else. Uh, <laughs> so unity decided to the, the company that makes the engine unity for uh, video games and development decided to put out a policy that we're not going to go into super detail, but uh, because if you want to know the full details, it's there's plenty of information you can go and look up on the, uh, on YouTube. But uh, basically they decided that, Hey, once your game reaches a certain amount of downloads, whether it's a demo, yes, a demo or a free free to play game or a game that has been licensed by Microsoft for game pass or anything like that. Well, once it's hit a certain amount of downloads, whether it's somebody having to re-download the game, download it for more than one device, they will start charging you 20 cents per download. And in some cases, for some indie developers out there, their games are free and they use Unity as the engine. They pay the licensing fee. They, they pay a licensing fee per year in order to use the engine. It's roughly about two grand. Uh, which is more than, you know, any, any designer working with Adobe products would pay. It's more than, you know, anyone really, or most, most people pay for uh, anything, especially, you know, even Epic games has a better deal going on for, uh, for using the unreal engine for, for free development. And uh, in this case, it would have 20 cents per, uh, per download. And one of these developers pointed out the fact like, Hey, my game has made it's a free to play game. It's made 200 and I've made $260,000 based off of this. It's been downloaded 16 million times. He's only made $260,000. If you charged him 20 cents per download, he would be paying roughly two to three times more for, <laughs> for the downloads than what he ever made off of the in game transactions from a free to download game. And this is not just uh, their problem. It's, it's all these developers problems that use unity. Uh, you had basically devolver saying that they were going to be pulling all their games from uh, the online library from, from steam so that they couldn't ha- incur more downloads after January 1st. Uh, the developers from uh, cult of the lamb essentially said the same thing pretty soon. Everyone started voicing their opinions and the, uh, Unity, you managed to do one thing that uh, we've been trying to do for years. You've unified the internet under a banner of hatred. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> like I, I don't know. I don't know r- what the rest of the CEOs were were thinking of, but we do know the fact that they actually were selling a lot of their own stock, which is what I would consider insider trading. So I'm hoping someone sues the absolute shit out of you. And I'm hoping the government goes after your asses because you guys knew that the back the the backlash was coming. They they didn't know that it was gonna come. I don't think they knew it was gonna come to this extent, but they knew the backlash was coming. The CEO, the head who was one of, who was also this is guy, this guy is the former head of EA who made the same statement of every time you reload, like he imagined the future of monetization in video games of every time you needed to reload your magazine, they would charge you a dollar. The second thing, and this is a point that I think might be lost on many, is a big 
a substantial portion of digital revenues are microtransactions. When you are six hours into playing Battlefield and you run out of ammo in your clip and we ask you for a dollar to reload, you're really not very price sensitive at that point in time. Um, and for what it's worth, the cogs on the clip really low. And so um, essentially what ends up happening, and the reason the, the play first, pay later model works so nicely, is the consumer gets engaged in a property. They might spend 10, 20, 30, 50 hours on the game. And then when they're deep into the game, they're well invested in it. We're not gouging, but we're charging. And at that point in time, the commitment can be pretty high. As a personal anecdote, I spent about $5,000 a calendar year to date on doing just this thing, this type of thing on our products and others. Um, I can readily attest to uh, how well it works. Um, but it is a, it's a great model, and I think it represents a, a, a substantially better future for the industry. John Riccatello, by the way, that's his name. <laughs> yeah, that's it's that same asshole, that same piece of shit, this, the head of, of, of Unity. This is also the same piece of shit who said that developers were fucking idiots when they didn't want to put monetization in their games. Yeah, he's that guy. So, uh, yeah, guy's got a great, great moral standing, has a. Uh, has uh, tons of great character. I'm sure he's a wonderful human being and uh, not a complete piece of shit that everyone should shit on constantly and his family should just ostracize and just say, you know what, you should just live in the basement. <laughs> um, no, they, sh they shouldn't do that at all. And I want to be clear. I'm saying they shouldn't do this. They should not treat him like the asshole he is. They shouldn't. Shouldn't do it. No one should point to him and say, that asshole is a piece of shit. No one should ever say these things to him. Don't do it. I'm telling the internet, don't do that. Just don't. It's, that's, that's, that's an awful thing to do. Don't. See, I knew that they had pissed somebody off. Like, yeah. when I say somebody, I mean the internet enough to where I'm seeing posts on Fortune, like coming off of 4chan, of how people are writing scripts to constantly reinstall and yeah. uninstall their games just to cost people money yeah i'm like that that's how i know you fucked up yeah when they tried to justify it the only thing the internet heard was but we wanted more money <laughs> that was literally it that was the only thing anybody ever heard from the entire company was but we wanted more money and we didn't know how to get more money so this is how we get more money now here's the other thing the policies that are being driven behind this and this is the the funniest part to me is that there is so much trust me bro in the in the legalese for this it is hilarious because one they can't actually track any of your information and who's actually downloading it because that's illegal in the majority of the country with the exception i think of california uh you aren't allowed to actually basically you're basically not allowed to track how many people are downloading your product based off of their ip addresses or what devices they're using so you have no actual direct numbers or direct feedback that you're getting that says this person's downloading this, this, this amount of times they have best guess of, we think it's been downloaded this many times based off of the interactions that the developer has seen and the publisher has seen based off of interactions from storefronts like steam stormfronts like Xbox stormfronts like PlayStation. Okay. There's no way of definitively telling them 
that you downloaded this to your PC twice because the first one failed or you had a bad drive that went out and you had to re-download the game. There's nothing that says that you, you know, you downloaded it a second time for Steam. So when people started bringing this up, they went, oh, well, 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 we have a thing in place and it's basically the guesstimate scenario of we guess how much that's been downloaded and then we charge you according to what we think you owe us. Trust me, bro, it's good. And that's that's almost verbatim the vernacular <laughs> that was used. Uh it's un unreal. And the amount of developers that called them out on it was was hysterical, who who sat there and said, Oh no, it's fine. You'll be okay. So they've had thousands and thousands of developers now reaching out to them and telling them directly. I will not use your engine for any future games ever. I will switch over to something else and I will learn a different engine entirely. One studio stopped their game entirely. It was another, uh, basically another RPG in the same vein as Baldur's Gate. This is an indie developer who is trying to create, basically trying to create something to, uh, get licensed in the same, you know, almost the same way that, uh, Baldur's gate, uh, layering listeners. If you don't know this layering in order to get Baldur's gate, they created divinity Two. when they created divinity Two, it was the tryout to see if they could actually get the licensing for dungeons and dragons, dungeons and dragons to make Baldur's gate. And when, uh, Originally, before that, they were told, no, we, we're not going to give you the licensing. You don't make good enough games. They had made Divinity. It was basically their last shot. Larian was literally going to be closing down, closing their doors if they could not get the license of it. And, and Dungeons and Dragons turned around and said, OK, you can have the licensing, but you have to pay for the game entirely yourselves. We will not pay for it, but you can have the licensing for it. So when Pete, when other developers out there sat there and said that, oh, Larian did this be no other studio could have done this because they, you know, they had all this kind of money. Fuck every single fucking developer and publisher that said that shit about that company. Larian did that and took a massive fucking gamble to make Baldur's Gate. And it was hugely successful for him. Thankfully, it paid off. I think it will continue to pay off. And that game is, in my opinion, game of the year. It might even be game of the decade at this point, given how good that fucking game is. So. The the this is another studio, this is an indie studio who is looking at it the same in the same vein with like what happened with Larian and Divinity. And they're looking at trying to make their game to see if they can get licensing, see if they can pick up a publisher. And they're trying they're being very ambitious with their project. And they've been developing this thing. I think they, I think, uh, I, I, you'll have to forgive me. I did not write down who the studio was and I did not write down the actual development time, but it sounded like they had been in development for quite some time, at least two years within unity. They had had to message unity and saying, we are going to have to teach our entire studio, which isn't big. It's a small, it's a small group of developers. I think it's a maximum of five to 10 people, um, which is, in some cases for some indie developers, that's quite large. Uh, but they're having to relearn an entirely different engine that they never planned on making their game in, which means they lost two years because of this. So they might not even be able to make it because of this, because of what unity has decided to do. And this is, this is, this shit is actually transferring over to demos. A free-to-play demo, a demo for you to try out a game 
This is going to transfer over to demos. So if you download a demo or if a demo is downloaded 20 million times to, for, for gamers to try out, even if they don't like it, well, eventually you're going to have the, the developers going to have to pay 20 cents per download because it reached the, it reached the, uh, the limit that they have for how many downloads they can have. Like that sounds absolutely absurd to anyone with a functioning brain. But no, these CEOs and these higher ups at Unity were all for it, no matter how many people within their own company. And, and trust me, the engine developers, the guys who work in it, the guys who are working in the trenches creating this engine and have been building up the code, begged them, do not do this. This is awful. It will be terrible for our company. It will literally, if you want to see a company go down in flames faster than you've ever seen before, this, this is the way to do it. You know, follow Unity for more time-saving advice. That's that's what they were basically trying to get across to him, and they still did it. They did it unannounced to the rest of the company without telling them. On top of that, they sold a majority of their shares. The CEO John Riccatello turned around and <laughs> he turned around and sold the majority of his shares. He knew this was going to be backlash and wanted to wanted to cash in while while he could on the company before he ducked out. This is failing upwards. This is a person that fails upwards and knows how to fail upwards. He has he gives zero fucks about what what companies he worked for. He gives zero fucks about the people that work underneath him and what he does to a company. He just is in it for himself. And this is sadly a mark of a lot of CEOs. This is the this is the thing that people are focusing in on and going, Jesus Christ, look at what look at what happened here. I mean, look. People are looking at this going, you guys, you guys have got to have somebody to go after this guy. Like someone in the justice department needs to go after this person. This person is cheating the system. It's not just a moral problem. This is illegal. This is insider trading. On top of that, isn't changing your license agreement from what was not, what was before just a, a flat fee to suddenly now you're going to have to retroactively start paying in for the amount of times that you, you get a download. That should be fucking illegal too. You never agreed to this when you signed on and, and, and started using the engine in the first place. Additionally, Unity wanted to clarify and make sure that everybody knew in cases like with Game Pass, where your game has been licensed out to Game Pass or your game has been licensed out to, to, to Epic Games, because Epic Games does free games uh, on, on their, uh, their storefront. And they license them out. The, what, what they do is Epic works out a deal where they pay the developer, they pay the publisher, whoever it is, uh, a certain amount of money so that they can put it on their free store or their free uh, storefront for about, you know, a couple of weeks. And it, they get a lot of downloads. Some developers get more downloads than they've ever seen for their game and they're in their, you know, in the entire time that's been around and they get a small chunk of change for it. But heck, it gets their game out there and now they're now they're a developer that's known by all these, you know, all these players and if the players like the game, then that that's good for their next game. So that's a win in their case. But not with this. With this, it fucks them over. But it doesn't just fuck them over because they're going to have to pay for it. No. Unity clarified and said, oh, no, no. We would go after the person that licensed your game out. So they would go after Game Pass. They would go after Epic. Let me tell you how far that's going to go with Phil Spencer. <laughs> that guy, 
I would not, it would not shock me in the least if, if Microsoft sues the ever loving shit out of unity. And here's the thing I would love to see. I want to see Microsoft just say, fuck it. We'll buy you <laughs> just because that's, that's been their, that's been their solution to fucking everything else lately. And not, listeners, I don't like the idea of, of these companies owning all of the, like all these fucking properties, but at the same time, that's the only way that this is going to stop. That's the only way that this shit ends is by Microsoft going, fuck it. We're just going to buy you because we can. Well, I mean, this is what happens. Clearly, I think what happened is uh, somebody watched uh, Empire Strikes Back for the first time <laughs> and watched Darth Vader walk into the room and say, I've altered the deal. Pray I don't alter it further mm-hmm. and went, that's a good negotiation tactic. I'm going to try that out. Yeah, that's the other thing. A lot of people <laughs> are bringing up the uh, user license agreements. And conveniently, a lot of that stuff has now disappeared from their website. And uh, thankfully, uh, you know, we have things like the Wayback Machine on uh, on the Internet. Nothing once published on the Internet ever can disappear. So they're going after them and they're looking at it and saying, OK, let's find out. Let's find what the original writing used to say and if they can actually alter the deal any farther. And if they can't, well, expect more lawsuits. So Unity uh uh, and this is to the higher ups, everyone else who who works underneath them. I'm sorry that you're having to deal with this. This fucking blows for you guys because you guys had nothing to do with this. And everyone should know that. But you, you higher ups there. I hope you got your big boy pants on. I hope you're wearing your diapers because you're going to shit yourselves after the shit show that hits. No one should trust you with a company ever again. Jesus Christ. I've seen people fail upwards their entire fucking careers. Phil Harrison is one of them. Uh, that guy's from, he, he went from Xbox or <laughs> this is somebody who went from PlayStation to Xbox failure from, from failure to failure. And if you guys don't know who I'm talking about, he's the bald guy that, uh, you know, was, uh, part of a PlayStation home. Yeah. Applause. Fantastic. Uh, also, uh, I believe he was one of the people who agreed in the uh, board on the, uh, that $600 price tag for the PS3 applause. Great job. You know, Xbox One. Yep, he's the reason why the Connect was in every fucking Xbox One, by the way. That was a great job. Yeah, guy fails upward constantly. And uh, also, oh yeah, he was on uh, the uh, Google... Uh, Stadia, right? Stadia, yeah. He was, he was the head of Stadia. Yeah, <laughs> guy constantly fails upwards. Don't know how the fuck he has a job. Like, I thought, I thought I'd seen it all. Yeah, I thought I'd seen it all. I thought I'd see somebody leapfrog from one failure to the next, to one failure to the next. But this guy goes from, all right, I'm going to say one dipshit thing to another dipshit thing to another dipshit thing until that dipshit thing comes true and I can fuck over an entire company. But hey, I got paid. It is kind of interesting watching a company speed run itself into bankruptcy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like just what the fuck? And let's face it, this is probably a good a good move for gaming in general because Unity tends to be garbage. Yeah. Like every game that I play that runs on Unity, as soon as I see that logo pop up, I know the game's not going to run that great. Well, the first time I had, like, I, I heard, like, the moment I heard about this, the moment I heard about it, and they they mentioned the the what you know what the former CEO had said. All I could picture was uh, Christian Bale from uh, American Psycho, and uh, 
that's how I imagine all their CEOs for, or like the, or all of the, uh, the higher ups for unity. Now it's just like, it's just, uh, just all Christian Bale from American psycho. It's just right. a bunch of clones. And the eighties guy from Futurama. He's the one yeah. who's in charge. Yeah. The guy, the bonitis. Yeah. Which that shit kicked in a long time ago. Then we wouldn't have to deal with this shit. <laughs> like, I just don't get that. Like, Listeners, I'm naturally an asshole, but this guy woke up and was like, I want to be the ultra asshole. <laughs> like, that was his goal for the day. His goal was to be the shittiest person in the industry at that moment. I mean, he must have, he must have been looking at Bobby Kotick for years going, you son of a bitch. Taking my title, taking all my glory <laughs> every fucking day. I've had enough. He's got a picture of him on his mirror in the bathroom that he looks at every morning. He goes, I'm going to beat you one <laughs> yeah, day. Beat Bobby. Beat Bobby. That's what it says. Beat Bobby. I'm going to do better than I'm going to do better than you by being the bigger piece of shit. This is a montage of him going to work and rolling bums for their spare change. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't. I'm sorry. Here's here's the funny thing. You can't sue me for slander because the fact is, is, is what I'm saying is, is objectively true. You're a piece of shit. Well, we're in the fuck around or yeah, we're in the fuck around phase. So I can't wait to see what happens when they find out. Yeah. I th well, I think the find out is, is, is drastically coming up. If you look, here's the crazy part. If you look at unity and like their, their stock prices, after this happened, everybody's like, oh, well, it didn't really change that much. No, look at it from a five-year standpoint. Look at it from the past year, and you'll see a very different of where their stock used to be versus where their stock is now. That's what we call a reflection of leadership. When a company's price continues to drop, that's a reflection of how well your leadership is doing for your company. And this guy, apparently has been causing the price to come down since he got in people who don't know what the fuck they're doing, who haven't, who haven't people who haven't forced a company to try and create innovation within their own engine for years, because that would involve risk and risk. That's scary. That's scary for all people in their industry. Dumb decisions that unfortunately affect low people in the totem bowl. They're going to you know, probably lose their jobs. Yeah, but these higher ups get to stay where they're at. Well, so many of these guys haven't actually worked a real day in their life, and it shows. It's pretty evident that they they give no consideration to the rest of the company and the people that they are uh, employing, and that they're 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 basically overseeing when they do shit like this. They just don't care. So long as they get theirs, it's fine. Yeah, I mean we're seeing it, we're seeing it in a lot of places in the area throughout the gaming industry. I mean, recently uh, the developers of and I. Here's the thing. I don't feel bad for you guys, and I'm not talking about Volition listeners. I'm talking about the developers for uh, uh, Immortals of Avium. They had to let go a large chunk of their, de their development staff. I think roughly they said about half the studio is gone now. This was a brand new studio that was created to create this game and make a you know technical marvel for EA. And here's the problem. This is why I don't feel sorry for you. You focused on a game that was more focused on the technical capabilities of using Unreal Engine 5 
instead of making sure you made a game that was one enjoyably play, like enjoyable while you played it, had a fun story that people wanted to engage with and could run on the majority of equipment that people would be playing this with. And when you decided to focus so much on making sure it ran all of the bells and whistles of Unreal Engine 5.2, you failed because you forgot the, the major thing of people have to be able to play it and have to be comfortable putting it on their machine in order to play it for it to be successful. Crytek is over. The, the days of Crytek where you throw the fucking kitchen sink in with all the bells and whistles and all the graphics that you want and wait five, six fucking years for people to actually be able to play your goddamn game are gone. That does not exist. I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd also say they decided to you know, work with EA, so kind of need to see that coming. But their CEO <laughs> is also from EA, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, surprise, surprise. All kinds of, yeah, all kinds of corporate nepotism. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Uh, you guys made some poor choices. Your leadership made some poor choices and decided, hey, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to make a game that barely runs on an RTX 2080 Ti, you know, the lowest fucking settings at 1080p. Uh, and when I say barely runs, let's just barely get 60 FPS. 60 FPS is kind of the standard for first person shooters. And it's a first person shooters. It's a, it's a first person shooter. Even with magic, it's a first person shooter. So if you're going to have a first person shooter, you need to have 60 frames per second, at least, at least. And the game couldn't do that with an RTX 2080 Ti. That's not a, that's, that card's not a slouch. It's it. That's not a weak GPU. That's not even a mid GPU today. So y'all are dumb. <laughs> no, no, no one in your staff. Like I have a hard time believing that no one in their staff, no one in that development team went, you know, we should really look into doing a lot of baked in lighting, doing a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of mirror boxes, doing a lot of stuff that, that normal, that normally we would do to try and mitigate this, the, the workload that would be going from the engine into the game. In other words, faking the tech, the current technology of today to make the game look better and run better by using stuff that you have to trick people into thinking is actually happening at this in, in real time from the engine, you know, like ray tracing. Ray tracing is a fucking beast to run on any system. All the guys know this. I've beat it in everybody's head for years now. <laughs> But since they all have systems that can run it and can actually do ray tracing now, they've all seen it firsthand of just how many resources it takes to, to, to run the system. That's why FS, you know, technologies like FSR and DLSS were created in the first place. I mean, I have a machine that can comfortably run it on probably all of the games that I own, and I still don't just because it runs so much smoother without it. Correct. It looks pretty, but... It runs better without it. Yeah. And a lot of the games that we play still have still have the tricks to compensate for it. They still have the baked in lighting that you see from having lighting rigs instead of using ray tracing to do the same kind of tricks and do a similar look. It's not exact, obviously, 
but it's similar enough for you to go, all right, well, I can live with this. I can't live with a performance hit. I can't live with the dips that take place because of this. So, I mean, there's a reason why NVIDIA has had to now create what they call frame generation technology, which means it adds frames that never fucking existed in the first place. That creates latency, by the way, listeners. That creates latency in your game. So latency with your controls, you're going to feel it a lot more the more that stuff has to get used. And you have developers now requiring technology like this for their game to run in your system. That's not how this works, guys. We don't want lower performance. FSR, DLSS, these things were designed as tools for us to implement to get a little more life out of our current GPUs. Not to be used by you and abused by you as a tool. And that's what the industry is starting to do. You can see it from the use of it in Jedi Fallen or, or Jedi Survivor. You can see it from the implementation of the requirement for, for uh, Immortals of uh, Avion. Forspoken. You can see it in uh, uh, Remnant 2. Now, Remnant 2 is a good game. I, I've seen plenty of people play it. It looks like a great game. But when you're telling your audience you have to have FSR or DLSS running in order to run this game, god damn, seriously? Fast forward, go to Star or go to Starfield. Yeah, FSR is practically required. You know why, listeners? Because without FSR, Tress or the uh Tress FX, that's the hair technology that uh AMD uses, doesn't implement. It doesn't work. So the hair looks like fucking looks like fucking like linguini and like fucking fucked off, you know, uh seaweed clumped together. You know, it gets all it's all fucking, you know, shitty. And if you want it to look like actual hair, you have to turn on FSR. Even if you're doing it at full res, which means FSR isn't even actually doing anything. If you're doing, you know, full resolution. It's still it's it's that's the only way to get the the full effect. Otherwise, it looks like crap. I showed that to the guys. I was like, this is fucking weird. I don't know why that settings turned off when FSR is turned off, but it is. But they're having to use it in order. They're having to use it in order to turn other technologies on. They're having to use it in order to, you know, in order to get things working again. That's fucked. <laughs> this is kind of where, you know, developments development's gone. Like you have these companies who just they're out of touch completely with their audiences. They're out of touch with the community. They're out of touch with I mean, hell, you got companies that are out of touch with with the developers that are using their tools. Is there any wonder why AAA gaming is failing the way it is? I mean, <laughs> that's why that's why I love that's why I love the fact that, you know, Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate three listeners, the moment developers started attacking uh, Elden Ring, the moment developers started attacking Baldur's Gate three, that's a wake up call. That's because those developers suddenly went, oh, shit, someone's stirring the pot and reminding gamers of the quality that we once used to put out, even though those games aren't perfect. They have bugs and everything like that. But that's the thing that's happening is because our, like, if you think about the fact that like, look at Starfield, you have people literally giving it uh, legitimately giving it nine out of tens, 10 out of tens saying it's the greatest game of all time. I literally saw a guy say, or you have this game shits all over Baldur's gate. You are fucking high. If you think that. 
you are out of your goddamn mind. And when we get to our review, because I've gone back and played it now with mods, and I'm going to destroy your hopes and dreams. <laughs> so you, you, can, you can rest assured that game is mid at most. That game is just meh. And if you think, if you think that game is anything above a 7 out of 10, you are out of your goddamn mind. Your standards are so fucking low, you don't remember what good gaming was. And I ask that you go and play something good. Fuck, go back and play Skyrim. Go play Skyrim right fucking now. Go do it. It doesn't even beat a game that came out eight years ago. Go play Fallout 4. Remember what good gaming used to be, and then come back and go, yeah, it's not there. Look inside yourself, Simba. You are more than what you have become. You must take your place in the circle of life. How can I go back? I'm not who I used to be. Remember who you are. It just... It made me laugh when the reviews were coming out for Baldur's Gate and everybody was like, it was so good. And then you get developers coming out and they're like, don't expect this from everyone. All that said yeah. to me was, oh, shit, I have to be competent again. But here's the thing. Bethesda comes out with a game and nobody says anything. There's no developers of like, oh, don't don't look at this as a as a new standard for all of us. Don't look to this as the new standard for RPGs. No, they didn't say a fucking word. Why? Because they know the game was trash. That should tell you right there that anyone who says this game is a 10 out of 10, anyone who says this game is above a 7 out of 10 is full of shit. They have no gauge of what quality actually is. And these developers don't like it. The develop, develop, any developer that looks at those and goes, you shouldn't be using those as standards. You should fucking never buy a game from them ever. You should ostracize the shit out of that person. Because that guy doesn't look at the industry and says, what are they doing that I can do better? What are they doing that I can implement in my games and make my games better? That person looks at those games as a threat to their mediocre garbage. Yeah. Reminds me uh, very much of the, the high school bully mentality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope nobody else knows, notices my insecurities. I better, I better start pummeling this kid down. So yeah, that's that's where the that's where the AAA gaming industry is, and I blame not just the developers. I blame the publishers because the publishers put tons of pressure on these developers, and they run out of time. Yeah, absolutely, that is one hundred percent true. Everyone knows this. Development is hard. None of us none of us are going to disagree with that. But here's the thing: I don't fucking care. I'm your customer. I'm going to be paying you money. I want what I paid for. I want the quality that I expect. That's what this is. If I went to a car company and they told me that they'd have to, I, I could buy the car now, but the doors would come later. You could see me walking the fuck out right then. There'd be no money exchanged. I would leave. If you went to a five-star mm. restaurant and they said, Hey, you know, here's half of your meal. Sorry. One of the cooks is sick, but you still, but you still have to pay the full price for your full meal, for your meal that you didn't get. Does that, does that sound fair? No, that's how the AAA gaming industry is turned into. Well, you pay us now. We'll give you the rest of it later. We'll finish it later. We might, we might fix the game later. 
Only in Bethesda's case, and it was Starfield, they're solely depending on modders now. It's it's practically made for modders to fix and finish their game. Well, I mean, we made this call back when Fallout 4 came out. We yeah. we noticed a lot of things were left open and then modders filled in the gap. Yeah. And we all called it that it was only gonna get worse from there because I think what happened was Skyrim was the first one where they went, Oh shit, we forgot to fix that. And the modern you know, the modern community went, No, no, no we got you. It's Hold okay, on. Okay, I got this, yeah. So then Fallout 4 came out and I noticed bigger gaps. And then the modding community went, no, 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 it's cool. We we got you on this one. Yeah. Do better next time, but we'll cover you this time. And then now this one came out and Bethesda basically said, eh, you guys got it. Yeah, this is the, like, not to go too far into the woods on this, but the, the I was describing it to Miles one day and I, or uh, sorry, not, not Miles, uh, to, to Loach one day. And uh, I had told him that it's the first Bethesda game that I've seen. And I, I might have told this to Miles as well. Uh, but it's the first Bethesda game that I've seen that I've played that solely felt like, okay, this is good enough. We'll hand it off and the modders will fit. They'll fill in the gaps. They'll do the rest of it. Whereas Fallout 4, while I agree with you, it did have those steps. It didn't feel like I was getting an incomplete, a completely incomplete overall UI or or com- incomplete game. Uh, even even with Skyrim, as many bugs as it had, it, it still felt like I was getting a full experience. I you know from start to finish, I could still finish the game and get get through it. It still felt like a good experience, and the mods were always there if I wanted them. Right? Yeah. I even felt that way with Fallout with Fallout Four. I mean, shit. Miles can attest to this. How like Miles? How big was I? How how many fucking fortresses did I or freaking you know homesteads or settlements did I fucking build in that thing? It's I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. You mostly focused on one though, just because I remember walls of fucking turrets. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever came to my settlements and survived. <laughs> um, not even a Mylar Queen. Um, but it was it was one of those things where I I finished the game and I then and and then I went to the mods. Right? It was always that I finished the game and then I went to the mods. This is the first Bethesda game I went into and within 10, 15 hours, I was, I was looking at mods going, I really want to mod the game. I want to mod it with better UI. I want to, I want to mod it with, with better systems than this. I want to fix the skill trees. I want to do all this, like do all this stuff. And I sat there going, that's bad. Like that, that's really bad. That's bad design. That's, and, and it feels like. This was a, a untouched experience when it came to from when they started, they just went, this is good enough and then moved on to the bloat and we'll get to that. But anyways, the, the, the whole thing with, with that is just it, it all, it's all just a reflection on what's going on in, in all with the, uh, the gaming industry, the, the AAA gaming industry. And if, you know, if Spider-Man comes out and it's not even close to the the polish that we gotten from the first Insomniac Spider-Man, do you know how much I will lose my shit? Like if it's, if it feels if it feels anything like a this is good enough experience, or 
we've put in mostly bloat for false longevity experience, which is how I felt with a, how I've felt with a lot of open world games recently, especially games like uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Horizon Forbidden West is it's way too fucking long. There's no reason for it to be that long there. It's just filled with bloat. For a lot of it, like I always felt like I was getting pro. I always felt like I was making progress in Horizon uh, Zero Dawn. Even with the side missions, I felt like I was making progress. In Forbidden West, there's so much extra bullshit. I feel like I'm not making progress at all in areas. Even though side quests are optional, I feel like I have to go do them because I can't get the gear or the craftable materials otherwise to make better equipment that allow me to go to the next area and actually survive or be effective. When, when you see a game that's filled with that kind of bloat and you're going, okay, I'm, I'm now having to grind essentially in an open world single player game the same way that I grind in Destiny. Now, don't get me wrong. I know that there are some games that make you grind. Elden Ring, I grinded like fucking mad for. But that made sense in that game. But I always felt like I was making progress. That's the thing. I always felt like I was making progress because I was building to go into something that I knew I was going to be okay. I'm going to get my shit pushed in if I don't do this. Well, and that's that's another thing I was going to say with Elden Ring. You had a bit of a gear treadmill, but at least you felt like you were moving along. Yeah. Instead of with, you know, Destiny or... You know, a lot of times you'd feel that way in World of Warcraft when I used to play. It was, I could always go and do something else. Yeah. I don't feel the same way with even an open world like Horizon Forbidden West. I don't feel like I can go do something else because I feel like I'm all right. I got to get this stuff done or I've got to get this area finished. And maybe that's the, the maybe that's the completionist part of me that's that's getting in the way of that, of I'm focusing too much laser focused on trying to get everything done or trying to get a certain quest line done before it's actually ready to be finished. And that can happen. That can happen in any uh, RPG. Um, but I just, I feel like that there's, I feel like there's been this massive shift, especially in open world games where they're more concerned with adding it's, it's uh, it was, I can't remember who, like where I saw this, but it, it's the perceived value versus actual value. Perceived value false, is what false longevity. Yeah. It, it's, and that's, that's the, that's where it comes from. The, the false longevity. It's, it's the perceived value of what you see of, Oh man, look at this vast world. Look at all the things you can do. That's perceived value. The actual value, like let's say Valhalla, the actual value is most of this stuff is bloat and shit. And I don't want to do it. Most of it's repetitive. Same fucking missions, same fucking, you know, cookie cutter areas, shit like that. Where you go little to no reward. Yeah. With little to no reward. And you're going, I don't want to do this. I'm going to, I'm fuck it. I'm going to go do something else. So you end up leaving like the majority of the map. What it, what, because of the majority of the map is made up of all these extra bullshit tasks undiscovered or unfinished. And it's not because there wasn't enough to do. It's because there was too much of the same things to do because they wanted to have you. They wanted you to feel like you got 
all this so all this content for so for for sixty dollars for seventy dollars but the actual value of it to you as a gamer when you look at it go was it actually worth that amount of money to me in the end did it feel like it was actually did i actually feel like i got my money's worth out of this you know as you talk about that that's exactly how i feel about breath of the wild yeah yeah, that's that. You know, I mean, I th- I think you can apply that to like I think you can apply that apply that dissatisfaction to pretty much any game that you've looked at and be like, that's I I why is this in here? Why am I doing this? It's how I started. It's that the, I think the first series I started really looking at it, at things like that was with Far Cry because you know I, I used to play I, I would play Far Cry with with Miles. I played Far Cry Five uh, all the way through with Miles we were having a good time with the, uh, the co-op. And when we looked at the expansions or not the expansion, technically the expansion, <laughs> we were looking at the, <laughs> the sequel, the sequel, I say in quotes, I went, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to, I don't want to play that because I felt like I was getting basically the same game over and over again, ever since far cry three. I think, you know, uh, and this was even more literal because it was the if, same map. Just yeah, yeah. Color <laughs> exactly. With, with some, uh, you know, Indian color, you know, color paint or. Uh, you know, the color festival thrown in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, it doesn't didn't help with Ubisoft either since they use the same formula for damn near all their open world games so you do one set of of uh, jobs and whatnot in in the game and it's the yep. same set of jobs that you did in another game even yeah potentially a different franchise yeah and i feel i feel like a lot of uh and i i feel like a lot of developers have looked to that and been like okay we need to do the same thing they look to the ubisoft formula and they go all right every game is just far cry Every game is just Assassin's Creed, which you know a lot of people are expecting. You know the new Assassin's Creed to be you know more true to old form, and you know in some ways I hope that's the case. But they they really shot themselves in the foot, in my opinion, by choosing the region and the protagonist they did. Yeah, like yeah, nobody cares. The region feels too familiar. Yeah, and like, the protagonist is guys, a douchebag. Yeah, you guys are still choosing really lazy and bad fucking ideas. Yeah. Which, ironically, I would say, just on a side note, when we get there covering the other new Ubisoft game, the new Prince of Persia kind of has my interest. Uh, the side-scroller? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My only gripe with that is that it's not Prince of Persia, but then again, yeah. neither was the neither was, neither was the Nolan North one. I mean, he... Wasn't a prince. I don't think it actually took place in Persia at all. <laughs> so, I mean, in reality, Ubisoft is Ubisoft is just using that that name of that franchise just to just to sell a game, thinking that people who have an attachment to that really, it's really stupidly thinking that people who have attachment to that IP will attach themselves to the next game, going, "Oh yeah, another Prince of Persia. Let's do this." Instead of going, I mean, it works for Resident Evil, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, although I would argue theirs at least makes a little more sense. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. Like it's just the reuse of the franchise. I mean, you know, I don't know what the fuck do I know? Disney puts, you know, star Wars on everything. That's not star Wars. So yeah, I've been, yeah, I'm curious how, uh, how bad that bloat's going to be for, for the Ubisoft's star Wars game. Like, I hope it's good, but Ubisoft makes the same fucking mistakes all the goddamn time. I never learned. Yeah, they make they make this they make similar mistakes. They make same the same games over and over again. Avatar is literally Far Cry, listeners. Yeah. It is it is Far Cry. If you don't a lot see more it, blue and green. Yeah. If you don't <laughs> see it, you are blind. You you are not watching the trailer. Go watch the trailer. Go watch the latest one. It is absolutely 100% Far Cry. That is just Far Cry reskinned. It's like, I don't know why they why they even made a game. Not even it's not even coming out for for the release of the film, which is when it was supposed to come out. Like they're supposed to coincide like, "Oh yeah, you go with the film, you get the licensed product." That way people have them in the same mindset like, "Oh yeah, Avatar, Avatar." I wish I should play the game and watch the movie. Yeah. Okay. No. I, have a, I have a question about this game. Do I get to be a whaler on the moon? Nope. Then I don't want to play it. Yeah. <laughs> the most beautiful dumb movie I've ever seen. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly Why what do you I- guys do this. You see this? Yeah. The red pool can. Yeah, we do it for that. <laughs> All that that one can pays for this entire operation. Mm. Somebody doesn't understand the concept of money. James Cameron. <laughs> Although I can say that I know you don't understand the concept of money because you made Titanic. <laughs> and the studio almost shat itself. <laughs> making that movie. You went so far over budget. They're like, all right, but it better make its money back. It made its money back. <laughs> it definitely made its money back. <laughs> but still. Yeah. God, that movie was dumb. <laughs> 85 years. So, anyways. Oh, no, I wasn't talking about Titanic. I, oh. I was talking about Avatar. Avatar. <laughs> the way of water. <laughs> the way of H2O. I think my favorite part of that movie was the uh, the little crab mechs that they had. Yeah, so impractical. <laughs> cool, but right. Is it actually water though? I mean, water is H two O, right? Yeah. The 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 well, breathable mean- air in that in that <laughs> on that planet is not oxygen, <laughs> right? But so, so is it even water at that point? But the the way of the water like substance doesn't really roll off the tongue properly. Realistic water. <laughs> yeah, the Roy, the way of prop water. All right. Well, that makes more sense. Um anyways. Uh, what else we got on the list? Well, we could talk about the uh, PlayStation State of Play and how much of a lame duck it was. Yeah, uh, I mean the starter for that for the, for that was Baby Steps, and um, <laughs> that game looks freaking stupid. 
Uh, I, I mean, it's yeah. made by the same made by the same developer that made. Uh, I, I think that made. Uh, was it upwards or onwards? Onwards and up. One where the guy's in a pot and using a sledgehammer to try and climb up a fucking mountain. Oh. Um, I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. Uh, and it shows. It's got similar movement, and uh, while I'm sure it's being done with a, you know, for, for a lot of comedic purpose, and that that's the, the big deal, I am looking forward to the, the shitstorm of frustration from gamers trying to get through that game because uh, <laughs> they can't control the character. Yeah, it said Devargo as soon as we saw that pop up. It was like it's like somebody played Death Stranding, and they're like, "Hey, what if we made a game where walking is really fucked up?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <coughs> what if we made this only it's just the walking and it's really fucking hard, like drunk hard. Yeah, that's uh that's baby steps. Um. They showed the only off thing some... I remember from it that that was actually pleasant to see was Helldivers. Helldivers, yeah. yeah. Helldivers too was was uh, was good looking. Um, I was severely disappointed in the people playing it because they didn't fucking immediately try to <laughs> aim their fucking uh, drop pods and onto the goddamn boss that was in the middle of the fucking fight. Like, why aren't you aiming at this thing? Like, they would drop it near it, around it, away from it. Like, drop it on it. Like, directly on the fucking thing. Like, I want to see that thing spiked to the ground. Yeah. We all know that they're saving their drop pods to drop on their squad mates, not the boss. (laughs) (laughs) Only if Oh, it only happened seven times. (laughs) (laughs) Or how it usually goes, I'll drop it on myself. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, <love> that clip. <laughs> yeah, I mean it looks it looks like it's a fun <coughs> excuse me. Looks like it's a fun game. Um the new over the shoulder stuff uh is gonna be definitely uh uh I think a lot more uh engaging than the first game was. Um I don't know if we're going to have to speak with French accents while we're over the, over the, the mics and, uh, and add in our own little, uh, like if we're going to have to talk into a can while we do it. I mean, I can get the can, but I'm going to have to work on my French accent. Yeah. I'm, I'm much better at German than French. I but. always love the scripted <laughs> acting in these kind of trailers where they're just like, you know, it, it might as well be like two people like, like, all right, you're going to go around the side over like you might as well just be doing the actual like mouth sound effects well, in the they, fucking trailer. I might actually respect you more if you did it. They can't really get away with doing a trailer with like people like us playing it. You know, <laughs> blow up a bug like, ah, take that, you fucking bitch. <laughs> I don't see why the, 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 the starter of the baby steps trailer had that guy saying, you know. You, yeah, just use use your fucking hook, your fucking grappling hook. And he literally said fuck like several times. I was like, all right, well, I guess that's uh, I guess we're just starting off with mature. That's the case. Yeah, it's absolutely your trailer should absolutely have assholes like us talking. <laughs> Why didn't you drop your drop pod directly on it? I was trying to. Your aim fucking sucks. No wonder we're losing. 
you know, shit like that. Like that's that's the fucking kind of- do something. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you running? <laughs> yeah, the the way that would go is the three of you guys would be off on the actual objective, and then I'd be off a quarter mile away from you guys having a heroic last stand that I don't need to be having <laughs> because I got separated from the group. <laughs> yeah, just look off in the distance to just see a little downed marker. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? <laughs> what happened? I bought you guys time! <laughs> I was reenacting the cover art from Doom. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah looks looks promising yeah uh, hopefully it turns out great because uh the first one was a lot of fun uh, the, the the biggest gripe i think i had with the first one other than it being pretty difficult uh was having to do the cheat code system to do like drop-ins of ammo and <laughs> aid because uh. trying to do that mid-fight is a bitch Up, down, up, down. <laughs> Left, right, left. Yeah. Uh, so, the other thing was they showed, they, you know, they showed off some VR because, you know, they wanted to make sure people remember that VR exists and that VR is on the uh, PlayStation 5. Hey, guys, did you know that VR is on the PlayStation 5? VR is on the PlayStation 5. Um, everyone Let's... should know that VR is on the PlayStation 5. Um, you know what you were missing in your life? <clears throat> Resident Evil 4 and VR. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Resident Evil Four is going to be in VR. I don't know why, but a lot of people are going to are going to be looking forward to it who have VR because that's you know one of the few games they'll have in VR. I, I, here's the funny thing: everybody that I've ever seen in VR, they always play like really what equate to kind of shitty games, and then they try to act like it's the greatest fucking thing they've ever experienced to try and sell everybody else on how great VR is. I think they do it because they're hoping that at some point VR becomes popular, like overwhelmingly popular, and they start getting mainstream <laughs> game, more mainstream games for it. Because this Resident, like Resident Evil is going to hit and people are going to be losing their goddamn eyes. Like, see how great VR is? It's fucking awesome. And then they're going to go right back to, you know, flipping pancakes with a, you know, disembodied hand. While they serve coffee to, you know, a computer or like a, a giant, like walking computer or something like that. I'd be like, oh, man, I love VR. It's so fucking immersive. Now, to be fair, I would play uh, Waffle House Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> but that also involves fistfights in between serving orders. So yeah. Dude, I caught dibs on manning the, uh, the waffle station. <laughs> yeah, only if it only if it actually has involved uh, fish fights. Uh, uh, you know, having to to defuse a hostage situation, you know, those kind of things. That would be that would be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, or like, BLT and these hands. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. PlayStation. We've said this before, but you guys, if you really want, if you want the VR, the VR two to really take off, make it available to use on PC. For fuck's sake. God, stop with this, like, oh, it's proprietary. It only works on our fucking system. You're not going to sell enough with that. Put it on the PC. I guarantee you people will buy it. I guarantee it. Because you will have a, you will have a 
valve stomper at that point. That thing will destroy the quest. That thing will destroy the the freaking uh what's it called the uh the HTC one um the Vive in sales because it'll be one more affordable and two if you tell people it's compatible on the PC with PC games and the PlayStation with PlayStation games yeah sign me the fuck up I I have almost zero need to buy one yeah. but given what you just described I'd buy one yeah if it's compatible with both yeah let's do this because I will absolutely behave I would absolutely pay for one I own a few games that I feel like would be enhanced by VR, you know, Mech Warrior being one of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have a couple of flight sims, so yeah, it, it wouldn't go unused. Yeah. But I have zero actual need to buy one. But if if you made it affordable and I could switch back and forth between my PC and my PlayStation, sold. I don't even like VR. And yes, listeners, <laughs> I've used it many times. I don't even like VR, and I would still do it. Because that would be a killer deal and it would open up a, another library of other games on two systems at the same fucking time. Meanwhile, PlayStation would be sitting there going, looking at Xbox going, what do you got? Nothing? Right. Sweet. Bye. Come on, man. You're dicking everybody over on PlayStation Plus. You can't do this one good thing for us. Jesus. Uh... But on top of that, they did, you know, they showed off Resident Evil 4's uh, new expansion that's going to, or DLC that's going to come out uh, that centers around Ada Wong. It's going to be uh, essentially her story about what was taking, you know, what was she doing during the events of uh, Resident Evil 4. So while Leon Kennedy's doing his thing and trying to save the entire freaking planet from. Uh, wow, you'd think I'd be able to remember it. I played through played the game through like the 10 one, goddamn yeah. times. Um, <clears throat> Let's plug us. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too tired, man. I haven't slept. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it, I mean, it looks like it's going to be, you know, pretty action packed. I'll be interested to see if she has any kind of different movesets than, uh, than Leon since, uh, you know, Ada's is supposed to be a, this killer assassin. So, um, yeah. But uh, it definitely looked like they it definitely looked like they're putting some good use to reused assets, but introducing uh, some new villains and stuff like that for her to face uh, through through that playthrough. Don't know how long it'll be. I'm I'm if I were to guess right now, I'd say it's probably going to be half as long as uh, Resident Evil Four. So, which that's still pretty long. Yeah, Resident Evil Four is a long game. Yeah, it's not short. Um, but uh, and I, I haven't checked to see what the price is. I'm I'm guessing it's twenty to thirty bucks. I was gonna say probably somewhere like thirty, forty. So, uh, which if they if they keep the same quality that the uh, the Resident Evil Four remake had, yeah. I I'd pay that. That's not bad. Yeah. The remake was worth every dollar I paid for it. Um, I can't remember anything else that happened for uh the state of play. It wasn't very uh wasn't very engaging. Oh, they <laughs> I do remember the phone party because everybody's gonna be playing that that beta. Everyone's gonna get into the 
the foam star fucking nonsense of I don't know. It basically just looks like Splatoon. Um from uh from Nintendo. But just a, a more generic hey, look at a like the funniest part for Miles and I watching that was the look at all these unique characters. We're like, yeah, they're so unique and not cookie cutter at all. There's no way you could have put them in the the blizzard diagram of diversity and trying to figure out which one's the more appealing one to to what group. In no way do any of these characters match any demographic. Have you ever seen that? The the blizzard wheel of uh, ESG? No. It's pretty fucking hilarious. Listeners, if you ever want to know how Blizzard comes up with their character designs and their characters, like why they have certain ages and stuff like that, which they got in trouble for recently because the ages of some of their characters in Overwatch don't match the lore (laughs) of their character. Like some of them were too young for them to match up with the lore of their character because they're supposed to like some characters are supposed to have grown up with other characters and other characters are like 40 years old, older like than them. (laughs) <laughs> um and p and like fans are losing their shit i hate to tell you this but if you're an overwatch fan i'm not gonna go out and call you an idiot but i am gonna say that blizzard designs their characters specifically for demographics based off of a score that they give each character based off of age sex uh skin or skin color so race uh sexual orientation and there's a couple other ones that they have they have thrown in there and uh that's how they decide whether or not the character is good enough to introduce into overwatch they do not give a shit about lore <laughs> if you played overwatch thinking there was lore then I am going to tell you you're dumb because you're dumb. You're also the same person who thought that they were going to actually give you a single player campaign when they made Overwatch 2. Uh, You're that guy. (laughs) Even when they said repeatedly, we will not be giving you single player in this game. Yeah. Oh, no, they did. That's the thing they did. They said Overwatch 2 was specifically being made for a single player campaign. That's the reason why Josiah, they had to make overwatch too. It's the reason why they had to change it from six V six to five V five and get rid of two extra people in the game, cutting down on, you know, it, that wasn't for, for saving money on esports at all and cutting down on the team sizes. So they didn't have to pay out as much. That wasn't it at all. It will ignore the amount of teams that have been, canceled or and gotten rid of as well of as well for this year for esports too don't don't pay attention to any of that it was specifically because they wanted to make a single player campaign and they showed off so much of it that yeah you absolutely should have believed every single thing that you saw because it was actually in game and not just made up in engine cgi for trailers yeah, that's not a thing that that's, they can do. That's not a thing that they can do, or or that's not a thing that that Blizzard has ever done. CGI? No, they're not known for that. All right, well, I stand corrected because I remember hearing that they 
weren't going to be doing single player, but oh no, they did now. They said that they weren't going to now because the fans lost their shit when they found out. Oh, you guys aren't going to make the single player campaign. I thought that was the whole reason why Overwatch Two exists in the first. If you thought Overwatch Two was being made for any other reason other than the fact that they can milk more money out of you, you're an idiot. Flat out. Anyone who believed that is dumb as fucking bag of hammers. You're as dumb as the people who thought Diablo four wasn't was being made because they wanted to focus on making a better story that was more engaging for their audience. You're that level of stupid. (laughs) God damn it. And we wonder why the AAA industry, why gamer standards are so fucking low that they can just get away with whatever the fuck they want. Gee, fucking mystery to me. At this point, at this point, these developers, like, they've lowered their standards, their own standards so low, they hire bad developers. On top of that, they've lowered the industry standards so low that gamers just put up with this fucking nonsense. And not only that, they pay $10 more now for their games to put up with games that aren't fucking finished. Is it, does anybody see why I get so fucking pissed off? <laughs> Come on. At this point, the gamers are the reason why this shit still happens. Because you guys refuse to say, nah, enough is enough. Fuck me. So yeah, over like uh, that, that was the thing. So yeah, listeners, Overwatch, surprise, surprise, doesn't care about fucking lore. The thing that they base every single character off of is a wheel of diversity. And I'm not exaggerating that. You can actually go look it up. There's images of how they do this for each character. It's it's hysterical. If it's they've gotten demographics down to a mathematical equation that is conduct that is literally gauged internally by the companies. Like, I don't know if it's an AI machine or if it's just an algorithm they have created. But it shows each character and it shows the score that they get for certain demographics and whether or not that character is going to be popular in Overwatch has nothing to do with their skills. It has nothing to do with what their what their weapon set is, has nothing to do with any of that. It has to do with everything on that wheel. And it's ridiculous. All their abilities are decided afterwards. I sat there just shaking my head laughing. (laughs) Then they apply the filter, you know, uh, China stamp of approval. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not China will say it's okay. Yeah. The reason why Overwatch was banned was banned in China and why Blizzard's losing so much money is because of that. So the reason that happened was because, oh, Overwatch has too many gay characters. And as we all know, China has gone, has reverted back to the anti gay stance from the CCP from years ago. It's no longer okay. They were okay with it when it meant population control. Now they're not okay with it because they're literally worried about it affecting their, their, their a generation of, of children coming up in their country that, you know, they want to make sure have to serve in the military, which by the way is uh, the case in a lot of portion, a lot of portions in the, uh, in China, they have to serve in the military for like a certain amount of time. Um, that's not that's not something that's uh only relegated to china i'm just pointing that out 
there are other countries that do that. Uh, 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 Israel does, uh, does a similar or does something similar. You're fit for, uh, combat and fit for duty. You'll, you'll serve. Gal Gadot was in, was in the military. I'm pretty sure majority <laughs> of the countries in the world do that. Uh, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of them that do that. Uh, Taiwan does it. I know that because of, uh, an old friend of mine. So. You looking it up, Josiah? Oh yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the diversity the chart. diversity chart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's hysterical. I the first time I ever saw it was when um, they had introduced. I can't. I don't know her name, and I and I butcher it even if I even if I could remember it off the top of my head because I'd probably just fuck it up. Uh, it was when the first the the first time I saw the 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 big woman. She's fucking huge. Uh, the first time I ever saw her, she was like, you know, big. Oh. And she's like big and muscular. She's a, yeah, basically a walking tank. Hair. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the female version of the heavy from Team Fortress Two. Yeah, when I saw like when I saw her and I saw this wheel sitting next to her with these numbers and stuff, and I was like, what the fuck is that? And I looked it up, and and somebody had posted like a, an image of each one of their characters and how they and how Blizzard breaks that down. And Blizzard's open about it. They're they they don't try to hide it. Like that's the funny thing is is fans are completely surprised by it, but Blizzard actually shows it. Like they show when a new character is being brought out and what they based it off of and stuff like that. And it's not like not really a leak when when you're just open about it. <laughs> when you're just telling people, yeah, this is why we chose them. So yeah, if you think you're if you think Blizzard cares about lore at this point, I would like to point to Diablo. I would like to point to World of Warcraft. I would like to point to every single franchise that they own and how they don't give a fuck about lore anymore. They haven't for a while. That's, that's like going to EA and asking them, Hey, do you care about your customers? Uh, my head hurts after looking at that. Yeah. They care about your money. That's about as far as it goes. So yeah. Can't remember anything else that happened. Uh, Really, with the uh, PlayStation, I remember. I just remember making fun of the foam thing and going, "That's like, listeners, I could be wrong. Hopefully, I am because I would hate to see somebody lose their job over the fact that they made a terrible fucking idea." But I feel like that game is gonna fail. <laughs> I feel like that, that game is just an instant failure amongst a sea of failures that have come out before it that are so similar that it's hard to see. It's hard to, to pick out which ones have actually been successful versus which ones are actually going to fail. Like paladins. When you see those games like they, you know, we, we saw a sea of games like that come out at one time and only a handful of them survived. Not even a handful, but the rest of them just kind of dropped off. Fell, you know, fell off into nothingness. They, uh, they made uh, Sephiroth look like he's going to be portrayed as a uh, good guy. <laughs> yeah, the new Final Fantasy Rebirth. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, we were laughing at that. He was like, he he, he had a moment where he's like, basically, like, I, like we were laughing because it it sounded the dialogue wasn't exactly this, but it sounded very much similar to, "Am I the bad guy?" <laughs> <laughs> and Miles, Miles and I were laughing. I was like, "Always were, dude. Like, there, there was never a time where you weren't evil. 
Uh, <laughs> well, that's even a question right now. Um, this is the reason your theme song makes my asshole clench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now now they have like a scene in there where they're, where they're showing him and Cloud like back to back, back to and, back. You know, <laughs> clashing swords while they're fighting something else, and I was like. Uh, at the end of this, they better make out. (laughs) (laughs) They were already touching swords. (laughs) (laughs) They touch tips so many times. It's just, yeah, depending on the uh, parts of the internet you hang out, you might be able to get to see that. (laughs) I I just want to know when they're going to stop milking Final Fantasy seven. I know. I, I'm weird in this one. Well, in reality, they 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 really never did. I mean, Final Fantasy VII wasn't really milked. It was just the original was released so many times again on another system. And what's what what was even funnier was the fact that they kept saying like, and I always laughed at this because there were like it was always the saying of like, hey, when when Final Fantasy VII when a Final Fantasy comes out that surpasses Final Fantasy VII in sales will remake final fantasy seven that never happened listeners it was never going to happen it's not possible for that to happen because final fantasy seven has been re-released and bought rebought so many times on so many different platforms it's not it's, it would ne- it will never be surpassed it is literally the most popular final fantasy they have ever made and it was because it was it was quite literally for the franchise genre defining of what a Final Fantasy, what a Japanese RPG should look look like and play like on a play on the PlayStation. It was the game of like this is it. This is how every RPG from here on is going to be measured up against. Whether or not you liked Final Fantasy 7, you got into it, maybe you played it after you played some of the other ones and you thought the other ones were better. It doesn't matter. It's one of those things of like it's a milestone game, right? Yeah, I mean, I can so, agree with that. I just and that proves it. Even just even back then, there were games that redefined a genre that it, that literally set new standards. You know, thus proving that developers that are not okay with that today are just fucking lazy. But that's obviously not the point that Josiah is getting at. That the the reason why Josiah is talking about the fact that it's been it's been milked so much is that with the remake, it's the fact that they've split it up. <laughs> And they've split it up. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, everybody keeps talking about the fact, like, the the new ones is uh, really good because it's actually not a retelling of the original story. It's actually a alternative to the original story, where it's like an alternate, like an alternate universe. Yeah. So, if this, it, like, here's I'm going to say it right now. I'm not going to play the game because I I don't have I I ain't got that kind of time. But. I am very interested to know how this series is going to end. And for one thing, rebirth, fuck the circus casino location. I fucking hate that place. Uh, I hope, I hope that is better than the original one was. I couldn't stand that place. Uh, I, I almost quit that game so many fucking times because of that. I had to take many, many breaks. So hopefully it's better. But I'm really interested to know how the how the entire thing ends because if it ends the exact same way as the original Final Fantasy VII, I'm gonna laugh at every son of a bitch that wasted his time. 
because that is the only reason why I like, I know several people who are playing that because they just, they're like, I want to know if it's going to end differently because the, the ending to final fantasy seven at the time, if you'd played it when it came out, that ending is soul crushing. Oh yeah. And everyone remembers that shit. It's the same and- thing. It's <laughs> the same thing as if, if you played eight and you walked away and went, I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I feel like I'm not living my life. Right. <laughs> uh, it's, that's, that's kind of the running theme with all Final Fantasy. Yeah, this this is like, true. All right, this isn't going to end well. Yeah. <laughs> uh so <laughs> so at the end of Final Fantasy VII, if it ends, if if the remake ends the exact same way, I'm gonna die laughing. Uh because that that ending, I still remember the first time I like I, I didn't even finish it, and my buddy Austin gives me a call, and he is almost in tears after finishing. He's like, "Dude, I can't believe that's how it ended." And I was like, "I didn't, I haven't finished it. What happens?" He's like, "I can't tell you, man. You just got to experience it." I was like, "What the fuck happened?" Like, good God. Where did, where, show me on the doll where the game touched you. So, like, that, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's kind of how this whole thing went. So, like, and I remember, like, I remember my buddy Chris when he finished eight. Like, when he finished eight, he had this look on his face of, I was like, so what was it like? He's like, I don't know. And I looked at him, I was like, what do you mean you don't know? He's like, I don't really understand it. I was like, What's what do you well? What did you understand? He goes, I don't think the main character even actually exists. I think he's just in a dream or something. He's just a character in a dream, or like, or he's or he's already been dead the entire time. I was like, what? He goes, yeah. And then he kind of stared off for like, like he had this kind of like like look off to the to the side and down, kind of like. What have I been doing with my life? <laughs> and I was like, God damn, what happened? And then I made it even worse for him because he offered to play it for me. And I went, what? He went, yeah. He's like, you can come over. Like, so like every day for lunch, we would go over to his place. This is, this is back in high school. We would go over to his place every day for lunch and I would watch him play Final Fantasy eight. And this, this, this lasted for months obviously and he he could cruise through that game he was very good at it but uh so the the months were just him drawing magic right basically yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna top out my meteor if it fucking kills me (laughs) (laughs) but but when when he got through he finished with he finished the fight and then he looked at me with this like kind of anticipation like maybe he'll know you know bargo's smart maybe he'll figure it out and i sat there going what? <laughs> like to this day, listeners, I still don't fully understand Final Fantasy VIII. So if you know it, hit me up. <laughs> I would love to know what the fuck happened in that game. Um, because yeah, it's as far as I know, a dream. <laughs> Guy's a dream character. Guy was dead. Something. None of it makes none of it makes any sense. Uh makes about as much sense or it makes less sense than kingdom hearts and kingdom hearts is hard to follow. Um, so yeah, I mean like, the, but that's, that's the thing is like the, with final fantasy, VII, like they've, they've made it into 
several, several games now. And we all remember Final Fantasy VII. Like, yeah, it was several discs, but it wasn't this long. Like the first, the, the first remake is 40 hours now. Yeah. So if it's 40, if, if that's 40 hours now, how, what, what are you doing to spread out all this? Like all, like how it comes down to how much bloat are you adding into it? Which brings me back to that whole perceived value. Yeah. Cause people heard when I heard final fantasy seven was not complete. It wasn't the full story for the, for the remake. I went, that sounds like a ripoff because what is the, the game only like the game only like a third of the game or half the game. That's kind of bullshit. You have to wait for another, for, for part two to come out to finish it. And they're like, Oh, it's 40 hours long. I was like, how fucking how is it 40 hours long? Like the original game was maybe 30 hours. You could get 40 out of it. If you did everything and went and collected every weapon, did all the secret yeah. bosses. Yeah. True. I remember one of my friends plays through, uh, I think it's either yearly or every other year he'll go through and replay the game. Yeah. And he's gotten it down to where he can do all the secret bosses and everything in like 35. Yeah. I mean, if you're, yeah, if, you, if you're a completionist, yeah. Okay. I, I can, I can buy that. But like, how, how is it 40 hours was all I could think of. Because if I, I already knew it wasn't finished, it wasn't the full game. They, they admitted to it. So I was like, how is it 40 fucking hours? What bloat did you put in there? And they're like, you know, that was the perceived value. It's 40 hours long. It's perceived value. It's worth the money that we're asking for. Right. The next one's going to do the same thing. So I'm wondering, and a lot of people did say that the first one, it felt like it had a lot of bloat, it had a lot of unnecessary stuff in there. So what did they just make the summon sequences longer? No, it's, it's just extra side missions within the town. You spend more time in the town, the, 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 the main town, the, the main first town that you go to. Oh, that's dumb. And yeah. You, you just spend a shit ton of time there. It's really dumb. Yeah. I said the same thing. I was like, so, and some of the missions I heard were actually pretty good. Some of them were really just kind of meh, but there's a lot of just bloat. And it's that perceived value versus actual value. And I'm curious how much of that's going to happen in this next one. And that's where I, uh, that's where I have to agree with you on the fact of getting sick of the uh, cash in on final fantasy seven. It shouldn't be that big. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't have the extra bloat. If you're going to tell a story, tell a story. I mean, that's something I have to, I have to respect about the latest Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. Is even though it's not a traditional Final Fantasy in, in reality, it's more of an action, uh, RPG rather than a, or an actual RPG, in my opinion. It's more of an action oriented game. Uh, it at least is there tr- primarily to tell you a story. And it does have, and the thing is, is it, it does have bloat to it. And everybody talks about the fact like the side missions kind of suck. They're just kind of there. They're repetitive. Uh, It's there to level you up. It's a grinding system and you can definitely tell it. And guess who made those missions? The Final Fantasy MMO team. Surprise, surprise, a team specifically designed around false longevity and making sure you have plenty of it for an MMO. Put it into the normal game. So yeah, that's what you're going to get. 
So it makes me wonder, it makes me wonder how much of that's going into Final Fantasy VII to add that extra perceived value to make it, you know, to try and cash in more and more on that name <laughs> on that franchise. I mean, at this point, it should have been just one release of the yeah. Final Fantasy remake uh, for seven. And then if you wanted to continue on that line of remaking the classes, go on to eight, go on to, but go on to nine. Nine's a great game. I, I would argue that they should go backwards first. Oh, remake the remake the originals. Fuck yeah! I, you don't even have to do the actual originals. Just give six, me six. Five. I will shut the <laughs> fuck up if somebody gives me Final Fantasy VI yeah, six again. Five and four are classics. I six is probably my favorite story wise. I I like you know four and five as well, but I mean six was probably my favorite. And then yeah, let's go forward onto nine and which one was which one was actually or which one was three actually on three was on the snes but it was not actually a three was it was it five or or six i think it was five that's one of the ones i remember really really well so yeah i five was also really good um but yeah give me Four, five, six, and then we'll go back to you know nine. Look, look at Nintendo; they're making Mario RPG. Yeah, uh, that game it has been impossible to find forever, and they had they had they had limited copies. It was more expensive than their normal games. People didn't give it the justice that it, you know the the right of a right amount of attention that it deserved at the time. Now it's a freaking classic, and Nintendo's going back and remaking it. It looks freaking awesome. I cannot wait to play it. And the only way that me and a large group of my friends only got to play it was through emulators. Right. Because of, you know, the reasons that you said. Yeah. They made a limited amount of copies, which meant it's a collector's item. Yeah. And then it was also more expensive, which means, you know, back when we were kids, we were priced out of the market on that one already anyways. It has a secret Final Fantasy boss that is balls hard. Yeah. Uh, you have to defeat the three crystals that are in the same room with him first before you can defeat him. And uh, he's just a fucking sponge. So I am very much looking forward to uh, anyways, that when that comes out. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to trying to, to playing. I'm probably going to be terrible at it because I'm so freaking bad at turn base now. God, it's sad. Or it could be like uh, paper Mario and they make it super handholdy. I'm hoping it's not quite there. Like I I'm okay. With, I'm okay with, a, with like an easy mode or a normal mode or anything like that. I'm okay with level modes, but I don't want it to be handholding in just the normal. Like I don't want it to be like, you know, Oh, you know, jump on this guy, jump on that guy. Good job. You beat everybody. What? <laughs> okay. Well, I, I feel like uh mainline Nintendo games now are, they run that 50, 50 of, it makes sense when you consider their main audience, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things of like, yeah, I get your main audience is primarily children, but this game is not, it, this game is made for them too, but it's also made for the yeah. people who remember it. It's, we it's grew up off of that's ball busting thing, hard Nintendo games. <laughs> and that, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the other thing is like, I, I think Nintendo has forgotten the fact Nintendo, you've forgotten Ninja Gaiden. You've forgotten. You've forgotten the original Mega Man. You've forgotten the regular games Mario. <laughs> that, the games that made the games that proved your controllers were fucking indestructible. <laughs> I know this for a fact. When my friend Drew threw a controller out the goddamn window, it landed from a second story from a second story apartment 
on the ground, hit the ground, and then was run over by a car, and it plugged in, and it still fucking worked. Your controllers <laughs> were magical. You could build houses with them. You know, they didn't have stick drift. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah, so, anyways. Uh, on to uh, on to Nintendo, the Nintendo Direct, Anderson. Well, since you were already bringing up Mario RPG, I would say it's funny that the state of play and Nintendo Direct were on the same day. In my opinion, Nintendo kicked PlayStation's ass. That yeah, well, it's not hard. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> the, the bar wasn't set very high, but Nintendo was basically showing off their showcases for what's going on now through what they plan on selling all the way through uh, spring. Yeah. Just forewarning all the parents how much money they're going to be spending on them. <laughs> so we can go ahead and bring up some stuff since you just mentioned it. Yep. I made a list of what I thought was the highlights. So let's go up and bring up the okay. Super Mario RPG remake. That looks amazing. Well, they had already previously announced that. But they th- this time they but showed more details. They didn't, give, of, they didn't yeah. give a date. <laughs> Did they give a date this time? Um, I think they didn't do a date, but they were hinting off heavily this Christmas season. They kept doing the uh, the winter 2023. So long as it's not like Metroid Prime where they just drop it. Tell nobody. But they showed a lot, a lot in the <laughs> showcase, so that shows that they're pretty far along. Speak- to be fair, though, that was really funny. Uh, well, they, yeah. The, you just sending me a text, I'm like, the fuck? Like, I was so freaking confused. I was like, when the fuck did that come out? Like, did I miss something? Yeah, apparently everybody did because Nintendo didn't tell anybody. Like, (laughs) it was the equivalent of the Grinch solving world hunger and then telling no one. In my my view. (laughs) Solve world hunger? Tell no one. Yeah, it was like that. I was like, what the fuck? When did this happen? (laughs) So, oh, correction! Nintendo just posted this morning, no, November seventeenth this year. All right, sweet. Another one, even though you guys were kind of shit talking, but I'm excited for was the uh, the remaster of Paper Mario Thousand Year Door from the uh, GameCube. Thousand Year Door is different. A Thousand Year Door is actually when Paper Mario was hard. <laughs> yeah, I I was talking about <laughs> yeah. the uh, the remake that they did. What was that last year? Yeah where I was three quarters of the way through the game and they were still giving me combat tutorials. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, a thousand, thousand year door. That was listeners back when a thousand year door came out, that was where you decided how, like whether or not you were going to be a man. (laughs) That was, that was, that was your gender affirmation, uh, game right there. Are you going to be a man? Are you going to be a, you know, going to be a pussy the rest of your life? That was it. Like it was not easy. <laughs> Another Nintendo remake that uh, hopped out that I didn't even think they were considering was uh, Mario vs. Donkey Kong. <clears throat> and that's just for the good old platforming times, if you like those kind of... Kind of go back to classic Mario. Yeah. A uh, weird game they announced, but I know a few people that are excited for it, is the Princess Peach standalone game. And I am not too yeah, sure. Yeah, and I'm not too sure how to take it because when I was watching trailers, like, is it replacing Mario Party? I'm kind of not too sure what's happening right now. Is she huh. a is she a game show host? That, that's what I got from it. 
but typical Nintendo, okay. sometimes they go full Japanese on you, and you're not too sure what they're trying to tell you. Uh, the other one that we were talking about earlier that I I sparked my interest was the Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown, which is following a yeah. new character in the franchise that's trying to rescue the prince himself. It looks like every new protagonist ever made. Yep. <laughs> yeah, designed by Blizzard. <laughs> then the other couple of highlights is that Nintendo continues to show its uh, support for Mario Kart Eight. <clears throat> Which nobody complains when we get more tracks and more characters. Uh, a new Contra game. They released that too. Forgot how long since I played a Contra game was, and that kind of popped out to me. Is it a real Contra game, or is it like the Contra game with like a panda bear? Oh no, it's actually it's gone gone. That wasn't a real Contra game. <laughs> it, it reminds me a lot more of the uh, the Super Nintendo Contra games, just a little more updated. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, they got a uh, Detective Pikachu Returns. Mm-hmm. That game actually looks pretty fun. Uh, definitely aimed towards the kids, but that's okay. Detective Pikachu and, uh, was Sora. always kind of fun games, anyways. <laughs> and Sora from the uh, from Kingdom Hearts is the final DLC character for Smash Bros. Uh, yet another sword character. <laughs> yeah, it's also one that I'm surprised didn't happen sooner. I'm just curious if I'm going to have to pay for this one because I, I paid for the uh, um, season pass or whatever for all the characters. But that ended like a year ago. A Street Fighter player says what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice try, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I'm just curious if this is included oh, in the yeah. DLC that I already paid for, or if I'm going to have to go pay for it separately. Yes. Okay. Both. <laughs> what it is, what you paid for was only half the price of that character. You got to pay for the other half. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Alright, well... Just say as they get going pretty soon. Yeah, I got a bail. Uh, the thing that I wanted to bring up real quick is I know no one else in this group cares, but uh, they're doing uh, MechWarrior 5 uh, clan invasion next year. So that'll be fun. You don't put know what that means. But... In it? <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> Will there be cake? All right, I may have to let my wife know that I'm going to be late because I have to do some lore explanation here. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll make this as quick as I can. So, in in the little bit of uh, MechWarrior 5 you guys played with me, you uh, it was set in the Inner Sphere, which is made up of the old Star League Defense Force, which... Essentially, I forget how many hundreds of years ago before the game is set, split in half, and half of them left to a farther part of the galaxy and then split themselves into clans. Yeah. And then eventually their plan was they were going to come back and reunite everybody by invading and taking over. Okay. So this is the clan invasion set 25 years after the events of mac warrior 5 so they're moving the time timeline along 
Okay. But the, the fun part of this is it brings in a lot of old designs that every, you know, fan favorite designs and uh, clan technology has always been way more powerful. You know, they hit harder. It's longer range. It's lighter. So you can carry more guns on your shit. It's, it's going to bring a lot of cool things into the game. All right. Plus you get to play as uh, one of the clans that was um, in the memes. They're known as the war crime clan. Yeah. Uh, if you want to know why you go on the, uh, the battle tech wiki and look up Port Arthur. Yeah. I, I'm going to let you do your own research on that, but yeah. it's, it's an interesting move on the developer's part. Okay. So. It's kind of like, you know how I always say if uh, the developers want to be edgy, you know, for Call of Duty, you'll give us an Eastern uh, Eastern theater yeah. campaign set in World War II. Yeah. And if you want to be really edgy, you'll let us play as the Germans. Yeah. And it's kind of along those lines. All right. So, yeah, I'm excited. It's uh, set to launch, I think they said first quarter of 2024. All right. So, you guys get to hear me squeal about more more mech games coming out. <laughs> this really is the, uh, the mecha fans renaissance of gaming right now. Yeah. Cause I mean, we had mech warrior five, two years ago, and then armored core coming out or came out. We're getting more mech warrior. I've heard rumors. We're getting more armored core in the future. Cause apparently armored core six sold insanely well. And now I just need Konami to make a zone of the enders. Yes, please, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> I would kill for another Zone of the Enders. Yeah. I loved those games. It, I mean, it's been a while since I played, but I think 2 was left open for more story. Yeah, oh, no, I was never good on them. They were really fucking hard. Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, that was uh, that was the only thing I really wanted to bring up outside of uh you know fuck the people running unity <laughs> i hope your company falls apart i hope everybody below the ceo level can find good jobs again yeah but uh yeah fuck you guys yeah on the uh fuck you note really quick i am getting tired of people saying that volition went under because of a bad deal that took place between embracer group and saudi arabia y'all need to shut the fuck up embrace Volition did this to themselves. They literally called their own players terrorists. <laughs> Not even exaggerating. They literally called anyone who review bombed them or not even review bombed them, but gave them a bad review, a terrorist. Now the whole shit with Embracer Group, you know, and, and them going under so far because of the deal with Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that shit's legit, but that has nothing to do with Volition losing all their staff and closing down embracer group is just bleeding money. And this is the aftermath of them buying all those fucking studios that that's what happened to them. That's what's currently happening to them. And the Saudi Arabia deal has fucked them over royally because they put all their eggs in one basket, trying to buy up all these studios and make themselves look bigger and look like they're, they're worth more than they actually were. That's, that's what's happening with that. Do you honestly think that they would have gotten rid of volition if the, the latest Saints Row had done astronomically well, had done even close to as well as their previous iteration of the game. No, there's absolutely no fucking way. They, were, they, were, they, would, they would get rid of any studio over a studio that was successful. They did this to themselves. They have themselves to blame. 
your development team literally told gamers haters gonna hate the first time they got any kind of blowback. That's literally a meme. That's a screenshot from their own fucking Twitter. Then, oh, well, you guys don't understand what we're trying to do. This game isn't made for you. You guys are terrorists. This is shit that was on their fucking Twitter. So they did it to themselves. Stop trying to find anything else that gives them any kind of excuse for why you shouldn't ostracize the shit out of every developer from that fucking company. It is not the same volition that you knew. Stop trying to defend them. Raise your fucking standards. <laughs> All right, so let's go into reviews. Um, Anderson, do you want to go ahead and get yours done? We'll end on Starfield. Okay. Yeah, I figured you guys are going to go for a while on Starfield. Um, I'm hoping not. I'm hoping I can blast the shit out of that as fast as I can. <laughs> so I got and picked up and... No, there are some good things. Played and beat the story mode of Mortal Kombat 1. And just like its predecessors, it is a sequel. It does uh, continue off from Aftermath, which was the uh, epilogue DLC from Mortal Kombat 11. And just like before, it does go bananas at the end. And there was some fun shit that went down. Uh, you could definitely tell it had a engine upgrade on some of the stuff. Like the stages and the environments are way more impressive than before. Yeah. I, I can see why people are complaining about the roster's not very big, but when you play the story, it makes sense. Because you're in this new universe that uh, Luke King made. Yeah. But the story does the, go full bananas. The men, the, the men yeah. show bare chests and sleevelessness, yeah. but the women cover all universe. Oh. I don't know. I don't know why Luke King has a problem with cleavage, but apparently he has a big problem with it. Oh, no, there's, there's cleavage in the game. <laughs> not as much. No, not nearly as the past. Uh, <laughs> I could tell you, I think, in my opinion, I think he's more of a, a booty. Yes, listeners, I am completely sexist. I think he, playing this game, I think the <laughs> developers in Luke King are more of a fan of booties. Every character has a booty. I, I was I was just making a social commentary on the fact like it was it was like the nether realms has been given like they've been given crap over and over again for you know how uh beautiful and voluptuous and stuff like that their their female characters have been uh versus you know and, and but nobody complained nobody complained about how the men were always like shirtless showing their freaking you know buff ass arms and stuff like that and uh, i always thought it was funny like it, it's that double standard of, like it's okay to show the guys because they're not sexualized. Right. Fuck you. <laughs> they're not sexualized. Like the idea male form is absolutely sexualized. It's absolutely, you know, uh, idolized even by men. We look at it and they go, I wish I looked like that. So sitting there and saying, oh, well, it's not fair for women for it sets a standard for women. Fuck you. I wish all women looked like that. <laughs> I wish. I wish all women looked like that. I wish all men looked like that. Yes. If we all looked like that, when all, we would all look like Greek gods. That's not a problem. So, you know, unless, well, unless you're the god of wine, then you're just a fat ass. But, uh, <laughs> like that's, that's the, that's the, the reason why I brought that up is because, uh, it, they, 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 in my opinion, they've taken it so far that it's now actually affecting the current game. And they've designed the characters intentionally 
to try and make sure that like, oh, we have to make sure that we're sensible to modern audiences. Just kind of I, I just feel like that's bullshit when they do crap like that. Of course, maybe it's so they can turn around and sell you skins. I think that's what it is in this game. <laughs> Which is probably the more likely of it. And probably problem, less of the other. Because playing this game, yeah. I can tell you. And this is great. Sell the solution. Well, they're, they're not modders. Oh, I get what you're saying. Well, I was about to say, this game does have a bad case of beer goggles when it comes to Melina, because you'd be checking out Melina the entire time, like, damn, girl, and then you see her mouth. Well, that was always the case. This game has a really good job doing it to you. Yeah. No. no. I, again, yeah, that was always, there's that always, was always been always that moments. Of oh my god, yeah, still do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can just paper bag it. It's all right. She looks like Baraka underneath. That's that's fine. But it was a the, the, I played the story and it was a fun story. It was cool to see characters doing uh, having a different take on them and how some of the history repeats itself. Yeah, I'm looking forward to. I'm gonna play it again. The final mission lets you choose the fighter that you want. So I don't know if it actually alters the ending story or not. So I'm gonna experiment with that a little bit. But overall, I I love the game. My favorite fighter so far, hands down, this time is uh, Johnny Cage. He All has right. some of the best commentary. He's a uh, like a like the previous Mortal Kombat's. It's it's a game that doesn't take itself too seriously, so Johnny Cage is always throwing out jokes while you're having scenes with him. Yeah. And I was whooping the shit out of a... I went online just to do an online match, and I beat the shit out of somebody as uh, John Con Van Damme, Johnny Cage. Nice. I want to play a little bit of the mode so I can confirm it, but so far, as a Mortal Kombat game, this is a purchase. Is Kenshi in this one? Yes, and he is awesome. Kind of a, a favorite of mine once they, uh, uh, I think it was like uh, the, the first one that they introduced melee, like the uh, the combat with swords and whatnot. Mm. Well, they it's obviously it's a new universe, so characters kind of have a new origin and that stuff. In this game, without giving out too much, he's pretty much uh, Johnny Cage's best friend. So, like, best parts of this game is just interaction between Johnny Cage and Kenshi. Nice. Mm. Like, I would, like, if they just made their own story and had like a buddy cop movie, I would watch it. Scorpion was always my uh, my my OG oh. favorite, and that one too. But, uh, uh, I think that's where the they introduced Kenshi. It was like it's Scorpion with telekinetic powers. <laughs> yeah, Scorpion, and then for me it was Smoke after that. And that's what I, I think. That's what the DLC is going to be. I think there's going to be an epilogue DLC like the previous game, and I think that's where it's leading to is the uh, the new formation of the Shinryu. Because that's another okay. story that they kind of made obvious now if you've been following the trailers. Is this, in this world, uh, Sub-Zero, Scorpion, and Smoke are actual brothers. Okay. So, different, like, characters have been altered a bit from the difference. Like, uh, Sindel yeah. now is a good guy. And so, it's it's cool to watch. It was fun. I enjoyed the story. I, I'm going to probably play through it again, or at least jump straight to the final mission that plays a different character just to see if it's a different ending or not. Gotcha. And they still kept the combat tower, uh, tower, so everybody has their own unique and individual ending. If you want to see that, I haven't experimented with all the modes, but I'm going to. But so far, I, as a fan, I think this is a, a must buy. All right, that's good to know. Uh, 
Anything else to, to cover before we jump into it? You know, before we get off too crazy, I think I do want to highlight one of our earlier conversations. There has been a handful of good games this year, just not from first party. If you want to count Mortal no. Kombat first party, it was good, but, you know, I think for me, Mortal Kombat I really liked, and then so far the other game I've really enjoyed this year was uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, I enjoyed Hogwarts. And I do game. have Boulder's Gate downloaded, I just don't know how much time I'm ready to, it to absorb my soul. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a quick game, that is... It's not like it's not like the the landscape is completely barren. There's there's good games here and there. It's just like go go back and take a look at go back and take a look at uh 10 years ago. The amount of bangers you were getting and even like even in 2014, look at 2014 versus now. You know. Yeah, development's gotten harder. But is it harder because you're not able to make as good of games? Or is it harder because you're being forced to make games that nobody wants? Well, I was going to make a comparison to Marvel movies. Look at Marvel movies 10 years ago versus now. You were getting a Marvel movie every six months that was pretty good, and now you just kind of get garbage. If you were getting a Marvel movie every year, you were doing good. And that was I, I, I mean, would disagree with you on that one, because I remember when games used to be bangers and it sucked during Christmas time because they would drop all at the same time and you had to pick and choose which one you wanted. We had last year we had, you know, one or two months where we were like, oh man, you have to pick and choose what you want. But that was it. Like the rest of the, the rest of the, you know, landscape was pretty fucking thin for AAA. <clears throat> you go all the way back to, you know, 2014, you had, you know, a stack of games you had to, you know, that you would have to choose from. For that entire year and you're like this one this one this one this one. like you just be going down the list and then you go back to you go to now and you're like all right well i don't have to choose there's there's only a few good ones i don't pre-order anything because i don't trust anything coming out um you know the there's a reason why nobody pre-orders anything why they have to use wish lists on uh steam to try and generate some uh buzz and uh, uh a understanding with like with publishers to say hey our game is actually wanted look at the wish lists um you can't go like these game companies can't go solely off of pre-orders anymore because too many of us aren't pre-ordering anymore we just refuse to give them money until we know if the game's good so if that's the case then yeah there's plenty of gamers out there that have high enough standards but the other problem is that we have plenty of other gamers that don't. I mean, Call of Duty is a is a fucking why you know great example of how gamers don't have standards. And listeners, if you play Call of Duty, I know I'm insulting you, but here's the thing: you're still playing Call of Duty, right? Are you still playing Call of Duty? If you're not, then this doesn't apply to you. But if you're still playing Call of Duty, then yes, this absolutely applies to you. Your standards aren't high enough. If you're complaining about the game that much. And you're still playing it. Your standards aren't high enough. Trust somebody who who played fucking Destiny for years. <laughs> My standards were were getting lower and lower and lower until finally I went, I can't do this anymore. Fuck, Miles has stopped playing called or stopped playing Destiny, and he he practically feels like he's ripping himself off. Yep, because. <laughs> He paid good money for those seasons. 
But at the same time, he's feeling like he's not getting anything out of him. Like it's not just, it's just not fun. Even, even if you were playing with somebody else, it would like, you described it to me miles of like, even if you were playing with somebody else, it would be just going in to help the other person. You wouldn't actually be enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what I, I was mostly, mostly aiming that at Loach because he had some, some uh, degree of wanting to go through it. And I'm like, I'd help him with it, but yeah, it, it'd be for his, his uh, gameplay and not me. Yeah. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be for something that you you'd enjoy in the game. The only thing you, the only enjoyment you get out of the game is actually in, is playing with a friend. Yeah. And in all honesty, there are some times where you have to question, like, is that enough? <laughs> and that's, you know, that's kind of where a lot of us are with, you know, especially with, with regards to, you know, destiny. So, you know, when it comes to the final shape, I'm not getting that. I don't think miles is planning on getting it. No. Uh, no, if, if fun. we don't, yeah, if we don't get it, Loach definitely won't get it. Um, because for him, it's more of the social thing of like being able to play, you know, play with buddies, you know, play with his friends. Uh, while he might be sitting there going, you know, I want to experience the 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 final story. Some of us will be sitting this area, sitting there thinking the same thing, but then it'll suddenly dawn on us of like, oh, we don't have a full enough party to experience the final story because that's behind the raid, and that'll definitely happen for a lot of people. So, uh, yeah, I mean. So yeah, if you're, you know, listeners, this goes, this goes for anybody out there. If you're, if you're complaining constantly about the game or you're not enjoying the game you're playing, stop playing. This goes for Diablo four players. You guys aren't enjoying it. Leave. Don't play the game. Go play something else. Find something that's, that's worth your time. Like, uh, I think, uh, I think a new path of exile is coming out, right? Or, or is out now. Uh, uh, actually, it looks good. <laughs> and that looks good. That looks like that's going to fill the gap of what Diablo four should have been. So, you know, maybe, maybe go to that, maybe check that out. See if that's, see if that's going to be any good. You got, you know, uh, uh, the new game from uh, digital extremes, uh, uh, soul frame. That's going to be coming out. The gameplay we saw from that looks freaking awesome. Uh, it looks like it's going to be, you know, it looks like it's going to, it's, it's going to be very much in the same vein as, uh, Warframe as in, uh, it's going to be an online, uh, free to play game, but it is very different gameplay wise. And it looks like it's going to be something that's going to be interesting to get into. And if, if it's good, then we'll enjoy it. If it's not, then, well, it is what it is. Uh, you know, not everything's going to be, not everything's going to be, you know, the greatest thing you've ever seen. They also had Warframe. What is it? Warframe 99 or 1999. Um, yeah. Don't know what the hell's going on with that, but that that's got, you know, piqued my interest. Yeah. The best, uh, best guess is it's just going to be uh, a sizable segment for Warframe. Yeah. Uh, in which you sounds like you're going into the uh, headspace of, I don't even know what the fuck to call him because I haven't been playing the game, but yeah. essentially like one of the the gods of like Mars or whatever. Yeah, it sounds kind of like uh, you're going to be going into his headspace. So I don't know what the uh, <laughs> the motivation is behind that, but 
Um, yeah. So you get to kind of see. Be interesting. Yeah, you get yeah. to see maybe kind of where everything took place. You know, at the, yeah. how how Warframes uh, came about and whatnot. Um. But cool. So, they they nailed yeah. the shit out of that '90s uh, <laughs> feel. The yeah, that, the uh, '90s aesthetic looked really great. Uh, so, but going back into reviews, uh, Starfield, um, and coincidentally goes into standards, uh, what, what your standards are. My standards are high and I went into Starfield with dog shit expectations. Uh, listeners, I, I actually had deleted it from my system after playing it for many, many hours and decided to reinstall it, give it another try only this time with mods. And mods do make a great difference. And that's the unfortunate part because all it does is just kind of show me that Bethesda is going to be relying way too much on the modding community to give this game its legs. It's, it's the equivalent of like, this is, this is the funniest fucking review I've ever seen from, from somebody who was on Reddit. And they said, if you're not enjoying the game now, wait until about its 50th hour. and and they meant actual 50th, like 50 hours in, it'll get good. That's fucking insanity. If a game can't grab you within the first, if, if an RPG can't grab you within the first five hours, it's not a great game. First of all, there's, there's such thing as a slow build, but five hours in fucking hell. Are you kidding me? I saw people saying, wait till 12 hours in. Okay, 12 hours in. Still not getting any better. Still feels like a lot of bloat. Still feels like there's a lot of load screens for no reason. Still feels like this is just the creation engine. Because it is. And while you can sit there and say, oh, well, they do have some, they did have some uh, improvements to the creation engine. Yeah, they did. They also have a lot more problems in it. Um, there is a, uh, uh, what is it called? I think it's called an indirect dispute, uh, issue where they, they overuse and, and abuse this one portion or there's one thing in, in their engine so much that it causes these pockets, these bubbles in code, uh, as it's going through in your GPU. And it literally causes your GPU to, to uh, have a hiccup essentially where it drops entirely because it doesn't know what the fuck it was just like, what the fuck this code was supposed to be. Like there's nothing there or it's completely fucked off. So it has to check again and ask, what was that? And it, and it causes these weird dips in performance and listeners. I'm guarantee you there's somebody out there that's like, Oh, it's, it's probably just your system. <laughs> Bro. It is not my system. Trust me, not my system. I, I know I just did the trust me, bro. Uh, I'm running a I'm running an RX 7900 XTX with a 13700K right for my CPU. I've got 64 gigs of me- of memory running at 6000 uh megahertz. I know that's not the fastest it can do, but it's stable. My system is very stable now. And it is very fast. It is not my system. Trust me. I've seen this across the board and literally in every bench test, they show that this is taking place. You'll have these weird dips where suddenly nothing's going to the GPU. It's microseconds at a time, but it's enough for the system to go, what, what was that? And it abuses it so much. It does it so often 
that it literally can crash the game and it causes a lot of a lot of fucking bugs, a lot of glitches. So yeah, it's not my system. It is their code. And the creation engine two is trash. And in case you're wondering, it, it does this on console too. It does this on the Xbox series. It does it on PC. It is universal. It is a it is a abuse of a system in DirectX 12 that they are abusing the shit out of. And it's because they're just bad coding. It's just bad coding. It's a bad engine. They just don't want to admit it because the engine's really friendly to modders. And that's the community they're going to be leaning on to fix the game. And it's so often in the game, that's one of the reasons why the game is so, is so uh, system intensive. It doesn't need to be there. It just needs to have better coding. And it's just not there. And I guarantee you some modder out there is going to fix it. Some modder out there is going to make a, a performance optimization uh, you know, code that's going to fix a lot of that. Guaranteed. But they shouldn't have to. And that's why I like if our listeners, if I were to give it a ranking right now, I would say it's a it max for me. It's a six out of 10. But most of the time it's a five. Most of the time it's a five out of 10. It's just a meh. It's a mid-level game. It's not anything beyond a seven. And I think anybody who grades it above a seven is out of their mind. Uh, but that's just me personally. Uh, and I've played Bethesda games for years. I love Bethesda games. Um, but when I compare this to a game that came out eight years ago, it's not anywhere close. And I'm, when I say a, a game that came out eight years ago, I'm talking about a Bethesda game that came out eight years ago. It's been eight years since their last you know, major RPG release like this. And when I compare that, I go, that was a better game. And that's crazy for me to sit there and say that. That that was a better made game and a better game overall. But it was. It was a better experience. Now, with most things like Bethesda, their side missions, I should say the catered side missions, because there's a lot of side missions that are canned. The catered side missions are fantastic. That's that that is where Bethesda that, that's where Bethesda writing shines in reality. Is when they're not focusing on the main story, when they're letting you explore, when they're letting you go off on these crazy fucking tangents. To go, all right, I'm going to go here. And then it turns into this incredibly awesome branching story. And you go, all right, well, that was a, that's a great story. That's a great mission. But here's the thing. The side, even the side missions are missing something. They're missing something that Bethesda used to have, which was more branching uh, ideas of what you could do in order to complete a mission, whether it be persuading somebody not to fight, attacking the entire group, going in through a different angle. It's missing the choices that we've become used to in other RPGs. Hell, it's missing dialogue for coming to up to an NPC that you've already done, done you know part of the story for, or their own side mission for, and they're they're grateful to see you at first, and then when you you're trying to complete a different story or a different side mission, they have no acknowledgement of the fact that you've already helped them once before, and. The dialogue is not affected by that at all. Like this is crazy to not have in there. And this is shit that used to be in old games of theirs. Fuck. This was in fallout four. This, this kind of shit was in, was in Skyrim. And I realized new Vegas wasn't made by them, but fuck new Vegas, at least new Vegas was written by a group of people who actually knew what the fuck they were doing. And 
had a, a had a, such a huge, crazy fucking branching story arc that you could complete that game umpteen dozens of ways without going through it the same way twice. But that's not this. This is just straightforward. Just go through it. That's why people who have been saying, oh, just blaze through the main campaign. That's why they've been saying this. Because once you get through the main campaign, that's the real goal is the new game plus. The new game plus is the real is the real goal. That's what everyone everyone says. And fuck me, like if the new game plus that's the main goal, Jesus Christ, that if that's the main thing that you want to get across for your audience, if that's the main thing that Bethesda is trying to sell in this, why the fuck am I playing this? Why am I playing an RPG for 50, 60, 70, 100 plus hours just to have to go through it again when I didn't enjoy it the first time? But that's not to say there's nothing enjoyable about it. I mean, overall, the gameplay is not not terrible for a Bethesda game. The shooting mechanics are great. That's not saying much for a Bethesda game, but it's still, you know, that's something Uh, on top of that. You have a few side missions that actually do shine that are actually really cool or really neat ideas. In some cases, they kind of overstay their welcome with some stuff because they're drawn out too long. But that could be true for pretty much any uh, RPG. but when I compare those side missions to the main to the main story to the other stuff that I've experienced in the game, that stuff like there's some side missions like there's some side missions in Neon that I was like, this is what the game should be about. The game should be about this, not whatever the fuck's going on with the stupid fucking you know artifacts and the dipshit Unity idea and all. I already know what's going on. Listeners, it's just a it's just a it's it's so fucking lame and bland, like. God damn, could you guys, did you guys just roll a dice and had a whole board of ideas and said, yep, that's generic idea number 15. We're going to go with that one. You know, that's what it feels like. Um, there's nothing absolutely special about Starfield. It doesn't do any, it does a lot of stuff, but it doesn't do anything particularly good. And that's the problem. And What's what's even worse is the fact that like I can have this conversation with other people who are Bethesda fans and they will they will agree with me up and down. They might still say that they enjoy it and they're allowed to, but there's absolutely no fucking way in all of this whole earth that anyone truly believes this is a nine or this is a nine or a ten out of ten. You've been living in mediocrity and shit for so long that anything remotely okay, remotely good is phenomenal to you that's where you're at i mean the game uses cookie cutter shit for for creating some of the the mine areas for creating some of the areas that you go in that would normally be considered dungeons in something like skyrim and on top of that like you have load screen after load screen after load screen the space combat is not really done too well it's also not very thrilling it's actually really fucking easy uh but it's not it's not it's not necessary it's completely just this isn't needed not when not when the majority of the time i'm literally choosing the planet from the menu and fast traveling to it and just getting another load screen like there's so much just bloated nonsense in this Bethesda, you would have been better off giving me five to six catered worlds that were designed around an intriguing story that was built up around an idea around, you know, just ideas in sci-fi with aliens and stuff like that. And that would have been far more satisfying. 
If you want to go play a better version of this, of what I just described, go play Outer Worlds. That's a better version. That's the version of the game that you want because that's what that is. But instead, what you're getting is procedurally generated worlds of nothingness for the most part. Most of the worlds are lifeless. Most of the worlds are pointless. So there's no point in going and exploring them. I mean, if you're going to sit there and go and explore every single fucking planet in this game, dude, I've got a better idea for you. Go play No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky actually has good procedural generation, especially now compared to when it came out. God, it is light years ahead of this. And while people are saying, oh, you can't compare the two. I absolutely fucking can. Because Bethesda sat there and basically set the bar like, oh, we're going to do procedural generation. We're going to have all these different worlds and we're going to be a a sci-fi epic. They cannot deliver on any of those things in this game. They literally told you you would have boundless exploration. You don't get any of that. Not in this. It is meh. Todd Howard made a lot of promises. Uh, I mean, he literally, there is literally a quote of him saying you could walk on the planet and walk around on it, on these open world planet, on these open worlds, and everything is connected. But what he doesn't tell you is that the only way that they are connected is they're stitched together in a quilt-like pattern. And if you want to visit everything on the planet or every area of the planet or continue to explore the planet, you're going to hit a wall. You have to go back to your ship, go to orbit, move that little landing strip over a little bit, and then land on a new square. And that's it. Yes, it'll still make the terrain that you saw out further on, but you're having to leave, come back, leave, come back. Like, Jesus Christ, why? what's the point of having the planet? In the game, then, what's the point of having any of that as a visitable location? If you're going to do that shit, that's pointless. That's fucking useless to anyone. Just get rid of that nonsense. Don't have us land on the planet at all. The outposts are fucking worthless, by the way. Uh, I have one outpost in the entire game, listeners. One. That's all I've ever needed. Like there, there's no point to exploring the other planets. There's no point in going around and exploring anything else. Just go to the catered worlds, finish the fucking missions, and, and call it good. You know this whole this whole thing. Like you see that moon off in the distance, you can travel there. You can go there. That's bullshit. That's that's not the way the game actually works. And trying to sit there and act like your game is this wonderfully huge fucking experience, it's not. It's. It's got a few catered worlds. Those are decent. I say decent. They're not phenomenal. I would have rather had more time put into those and just had those be the main things that were available while cutting out all the extra bloat and bullshit. The, the crafting system sucks. The fucking putting together, like putting together anything for, for like putting together a ship. You don't need that unless you're really into shipbuilding, which some people are. I can respect that. Unless you're really into it. It's, it's all pointless. Just build, just build your, just build one ship, modify the hell out of it until you can get up to a point where you can just upgrade the fuck out of it. So you can get through the end game shit and that's it. Just make it a a weapons platform. That's all you need. But everything else you're going to quickly find out. Oh, well, that's the same mine that I visited earlier. Oh, that's the same base that I visited earlier. It's all, it's all pulling from the same resources. And part of that makes sense. But when you realize that it's going to do that over and over and over again, it takes away from the even want to explore and even want to look at. I mean, I, I have, I had more uh, motivation to explore Fallout 76 than I did this, but it makes sense why they used it. it makes sense why they went with, uh, you know, why they went with 
procedural generation pulling from the same assets over and over again because the file size would be tremendously huge if they had to cater ever if they had, if they had cater worlds for every world they were going to have. But again, that just boils down to the bloat, right? That, that's not yeah needed. that and all that object permanence. I could see being a huge issue trying to load everything that's on that world. <laughs> yeah, and of, well, we've also piled area. Yeah, we've also seen object permanence not really be object permanence too. No, uh, it's it's not very concrete. It's but it's very much. <laughs> so it's, it's very it's much there. different from from the way it used to be. Yeah, it's there. It might not be how you left it, <laughs> but it's yeah. there. And that's that's where it's very different from previous games where like Fallout, you'd have uh, when you'd have object permanence, whatever you left, it was still there. It was still in the same spot. Occasionally, you would being... still run into the same typical Bethesda thing where you load into an area and you have like a cup freak the fuck out and fly across okay. the room or yeah. jitter through a wall or what the fuck ever. Yeah, um, yeah, I could see that, uh, but it feels very much, I don't know, to me, it feels very much like it's just remembering what objects were there, and as soon as you load in, it's just dropping them in. Yeah. Almost like, almost like you threw them out of your backpack. <laughs> just about. Um, yeah, uh, on top of that, then you have the, the companions. Now, I do, I, I have come across at least one companion that I'm willing to tolerate and, and I like her, but everyone else is just judgmental pieces of shit. <laughs> like you, you show up to, you show up to this organization is like, you know, we all have, we've all had to do questionable things before in the past, but uh, you know, no one's going to judge you if you have to go you know, outside of the law or outside the lines, you know, that kind of thing. No, everyone will judge you. If you go outside the lines and go outside the law, every fucking one of them will judge you instantaneously. You'll you'll hear about it the moment it happens. Yeah. Oh, there's a uh, there's a uh, not a side story, but it's a it's a major story in the game that isn't the main story. Uh, I finished it out, and literally everybody that is a main protagonist or a main uh, Companion in the game uh, had to stop and talk to me about my decision and basically was how it much the, was they it the terramorph? Yes, and basically yeah. tell me how much they yeah. disapproved of yeah. my decision. I'm like, yeah. I don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted an option so bad to tell them to go fucking pound sand. It wasn't up to them. It wasn't their choice. Fuck off. And that's going to be that, that's going to happen to you a lot, listeners. When you're if you're playing this game, you are going to want to tell your NPC companions to go fuck themselves. They all have the exact same moral compass. They're practically the same fucking person verbatim every single time with a different skin and slightly different background. That's it. They're the same. It's fucking boring. It's bland. I want I want my NPCs back from Fallout Four. You know, I want a sarcastic droid. I want a freaking you know i, I want to have somebody who's a who's a freaking assassin with me i want npcs from fucking mass effect i want npcs from freaking new vegas Th this is ridiculous it's so <laughs> disappointing I, to but, end up in that situation because it may you know why it made me feel like i was in the same situation as writer in mass effect and like you i would rather stick my dick in a stapler 
<laughs> then ever play that I, game again. I still don't think it's that bad, but it's it's going that's in that. It, vein. That's what it made me. That's yeah. yeah. That's what it, that's what it made me remember was that moment of like I can't. I have nothing I can come back with. I can't tell them anything. I can't tell them you know go fuck themselves. Get out of here. It's not your choice. Like, dude, I was already having problems with Sam the moment I fucking met him. Yeah. And you start, he, he starts giving me lip because I tell him like, you, you're bringing a kid along. You're bringing a kid along on a dangerous mission that could involve space pirates. And I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be considerate for the fact that there's a child here and he acts like I'm the asshole. No, you're just a bad <laughs> father. You fuck. Like there was no, there was no freaking like actual dialogue. So anytime I get to talk to him, I just mouth off to him every fucking time. And he gets upset. He's like, is this going to be a theme for us? And I'm like, yeah, it is. Go fuck yourself. I can't stand that guy. What a douche nozzle. Which is unfortunate because I actually like the voice actor that's playing him. It's the same voice actor from Deus Ex. The voice Uh, acting throughout the entire game really is, is pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. NPCs are creep or creepy as fuck <laughs> they give you the eyeball every time you see it like ooh. yeah the thing that gets me and i don't know if it's i don't know if it's a legitimate trend in gaming i feel like it is or i'm just getting older and more impatient but uh you know you get these these characters that just fucking mouth off to you they're just douchebags right from the get-go oh yeah and I want to shoot every single one of them in the fucking face. And uh, every time I save and go do that, just just to appease that little violent bone in me, as uh, yeah. everybody always disapproves. I'm like, fine, go back. <laughs> right? I was like, I yeah. can't wait to do my evil playthrough because I am ruining I... so many people. <laughs> and those are the those are the moments where I go, not even better than a game eight years ago. Listeners in Fallout, you could go and have a practically a massacre and your NPC companion would help you because they were there to be your companion. They were there to back you up. Yeah. You know, they didn't treat you like dog shit, like right from the get go either when they were just like settlement NPCs. Enemies. Yeah, fine. I get that. We're enemies. You shouldn't treat me well. That's fine. Right. (laughs) But the shopkeeper at a fucking restaurant or some shit. Right. Like, you know, fuck you, dude. (laughs) Yeah, the moment that stuff happens, I go, oh, well, now all your stuff is mine. Yeah. All your stuff gets stolen. It's all mine now. And yes, I am that petty. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah so it's, it's, you know, I, mi- I miss the I miss the the witty banter for that you would get from Fallout, you know, that you would get between NPCs and yourself that you would get yeah. between your companions and you. Yeah, I miss having uh, the voiced sarcasm lines from four. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I miss Nick so freaking much. That, that being said, the uh, the the dialogue that you get to select sometimes is fucking fantastic. I love using it every yeah. chance I get. Um, yeah, whether or not the it's time- responded to how I would expect is another story. But yeah, yeah, the times where it is not great is always in persuasion. Yeah, uh, th- that persuasion mini always. game always dog shit. Yeah, um, the persuasion makes- mini game, it makes no sense. Like you remember when I was talking to you, I was trying to explain it to you. Yeah. Yeah. 
I I tried to explain it to you because that's how it was explained. It was it was explained to me. I have gone through at least eight, ten, eight to ten dialogue uh, persuasion checks, or not not just checks, but just persuasion conversations since then. And I tried dialogue that had absolutely fucking nothing to do with anything that was being talked about. None of it. And it would pass. And I sat there going, this is the dumbest. And and they're all like, they're all canned responses. Listeners like the, the one that comes up the most is I get it. You have orders. I have orders like straight up. Fuck yourself. Whoever, whoever created this, this persuasion dialogue and persuasion minigame, you are the problem. Yeah, it makes me miss the, uh, the conversation wheel from Oblivion. Because oh, at least yeah. that made sense. <laughs> yeah, at least that had some kind of relevancy. Yeah. But yeah. Th- this is just, th- this is lazy, is what this is. And, listeners, give you an idea. All the, the issues that uh, Vargo has, has stated, I literally don't disagree with any of them. Yeah. But I actually do really enjoy the game. <laughs> yeah, and that's that and that's the that's the weird thing to explain to people. Like you can you can enjoy the game and still agree with me, listeners. You can enjoy the game. You can enjoy the game and still agree with me and still see it as a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten is a good game. Yeah, I went in. That's average. I went in hoping for at at the very best Fallout or or Elder Scrolls in space, and I feel like I essentially got that. You know, I can completely agree that it's not as good as the previous games, and but it's in space, so it's an entirely different setting for me that I usually like better than fantasy. Yeah, there's there's a a theme that's involved that that gives it even a, a more elevated yeah. viewpoint. Yeah. And I fucking yeah, love the NASA sense. punk aesthetic that they, they went with it, It's so cool to me. Um, you know, that being said, I still wouldn't rate it higher than a six or seven. Uh, yeah. you know, but I never once got mad at the game to the point where I was like, ah, I don't know if I can play this, but Margo did. And they, yeah. that just goes to show you a six or seven can still swing you. <laughs> either direction uh yeah, it, it can still it can still be enough for like uh, enough for you to be like fuck this i i i expect more and i went in with no expectations which is i actually went in i went in hoping that i was going to get if i was lucky i was going to get a skyrim if if not i was hoping for something at least on the level of maybe fallout 3 and I feel like it's not even there. Like it's not even at Fallout Three, in my opinion. Because I feel like it's what too, what it what it misses out on from those games were the solid concepts that those games actually had. Uh, yeah, you know, they you have almost all of the same bugs. You know, almost none of that's ever yeah. changed. You still have NPCs yeah. that float off or go fucking all haywire the fucking ship while yeah. you're talking it's, to them. It's like Ubisoft. <laughs> All the same bugs, you know? yeah. And it's retarded that they never learn and create something that you know is better. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And am I am I glad I still didn't pay for it and, and got it? You know, through via Game Pass. Yeah. 
you know, if I if I had actually bought this outright, I'd probably have a little bit more of a dismal look at the game. But if I had paid sixty bucks for it, I would feel like I actually got my my money's worth out of it so far. Um, and like I said, I, but I've I mean, never play, I've never time, yeah, in enjoyment wise, no, I've never hit the point uh, where I wanted to go through an evil campaign though as quickly as I did in this. And that's just because yeah. of how I am treated by NPCs. Like, I want to fucking ruin everybody in this fucking game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. And I, <laughs> based off of what, based off of how, like what I've been playing, I don't think there is, I don't think there's actually a possibility of, a, of an evil playthrough. I don't it. think it's possible. <laughs> I, yeah. You'll have to let me know how that goes because the reason why I say that is because there are too many NPCs with plot armor, mm-hmm. and oh, I don't think I'm going to be able to kill everybody by any means. But. And there's too there's too many. This is the only route that this can go. There's too many. This is the only way that this ends up. And I I don't see it. I don't see it really swinging any other way. I don't think you can actually do an evil playthrough. Um, the closest you're ever going to get to it is by you know joining the Crimson Fleet and. Uh, keeping them as your companions and that's it um and i like and and that's that's the that's i think that's the big issue i have with it is because in every other bethesda game there's yeah you can have an evil playthrough you can actually do an evil playthrough you can screw over a lot of people you can you have these options even in bethesda games of you can you can actually go the bad route. You can choose to be with the wrong faction. You can actually be well. I shouldn't say the wrong faction. You can choose to be with the evil faction for your playthrough. And in this one, it feels like that's not actually a possibility because you can join every faction. Essentially, there's no wrong faction to be with. There's no right faction to be with. It's just you're all you're part of constellation. You're part of the UC uh vanguard you're part of the uh free star collective. uh the free star collective and you know you're a ranger for them like you, you can be part of the crimson fleet at the same fucking time it's all just kind of nebulous bullshit uh, i was, i go, I was okay, mostly well, equating that to having like oh well you know in, in elder scrolls i was head of the thieves guild head of the mages guild you know head of the adventurers guild you know etc etc but yeah you know a lot of the, you know, those aren't nearly as conflicting as the factions in here, though, obviously. Yeah. And you also, you also with those, you, you could, you could be part of just one guild. You could literally just be part of one. And this one, it doesn't kind of, it kind of doesn't really give you a choice. Like you have to be with the, the, the constellation group. Like why? Like I tried everything I could listeners. I told them to fuck off at the beginning of the game. And they ba- and you basically just don't have a choice. That's it. This is it. It's it's the Bethesda way or nothing. And I just went, what the fuck is this? Like I even I had a choice even in Outer Worlds. And that's the thing, listeners. You want to play a better version of this game? Go play Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds is a thousand times better in this game. Yeah. And that's the problem. Is it's a game that's three years old made by another company it's smaller 
It doesn't have nearly as many explorable worlds. It doesn't have any kind of space combat. None of that stuff. No, and it's a it better game. Way better writers. <laughs> yeah, it has way better writers. And it's a story that's designed to be what it is. It's focused. It says, this is the story we want to tell. This is how we want to tell it. We have all these different paths you can take to get there. I mean, shit, it let me fucking fly the ship into the sun. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, you, you can, you know, you have so many different ways to play it and so many different endings you can get from it. And they designed it around. This is the kind of experience we want. Whereas fall or whereas a uh, Starfield feels very much like they didn't have a direction. They didn't have one direction to go. They just went, what if we had space flight? What if we had space or spaceship building? What if we had, you know, outpost building? What if we had landing on any planet you want to out of a thousand planets? What if you had this? Like, it's very much a lot of ideas that don't come together to create a fluid experience. Very sandboxy. Yeah. And it's, that's the problem. And that's, that's why I ended up coming back to, you know, it's a, it's a five out of 10. It's a six out of 10. It's, it's not a bad game, but it's not great. It's not, it's not even really, it's me. It's not even really good. It's just, it's <laughs> meh. Although this is the, the most I've ever heard uh, Vargo get mad at a game in the past year. <laughs> year and a yeah, half, and I maybe. think it's, and it's, it's because of the things that I expect from a Bethesda game aren't there. The things that I that I that I've that I'd come to know from an ex, from a Bethesda experience aren't there. The witty comebacks, the witty dialogue, the the fact that your character can be a complete utter asshole. It's not there, and I feel like it's because of the 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 sandboxy, the too many ideas, not enough, not. Not enough direction, not enough uh, writers who were willing to go. What if the character, what if the, what if the player wants to do this? What if never came into the question? It was, this is the only path you have. Why else would the majority of your companions from the main uh, uh, faction, which is Constellation, all have almost the exact same character traits? That shows me that they have no imagination whatsoever. They literally, listeners, they literally have the same likes and the same dislikes across the board. I don't like somebody who's mean. I don't like somebody who's, who's a thief. I don't like somebody who murders other people. I don't like somebody, even if they're, even if they didn't start the fight in some cases, I don't like, or it's, I I like it when you're nice. I like it when you, when you do things for other people. I like it when you go ahead and, and this is, I like it when you're not rude, even to a character that's blatantly fucking rude to you. I mean, Jesus Christ, I literally had an NPC get upset at me because I, I interrogated a murdering pirate and then killed him. He had just killed an entire room full of people. When I got there, it was an entire, it was entire ship of people that he killed. I interrogated him, got the information out of him. He gave me his confession. 
I was given the go ahead to murder this fucker right away, but I got the confession regardless. And then I went, well, you're not worth my time. I'm just going to kill you because he was, he was worth the same amount dead or alive, but they wanted it. But basically it was worth more. And I, and I found out because this, the, the optional thing was to get a confession out of him. It was worth more if I could get a confession to prove his guilt from a previous crime. This was just one of the random, you know, offshoot quests. This wasn't even like a, a main side quest. This was just a bounty, essentially. I got it from him. I killed him. And the NPC looks at me and goes, how could you do such a thing? He was unarmed. And I looked at her and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Any other Fallout game, any other, any other moment in Skyrim, my, the, the NPC, my companion would have been like, yeah, that was right. You were righteous, solid, sadate. Let's do this. There would have been no questions. I was the leader. It wouldn't have been like a big philosophical conversation of whether or not I did the right thing. No, about the only time they would ever go against you is if it was, if you'd done something like that to somebody from their faction. Yeah. Uh, and in yeah. front of them. <laughs> in front of them. Yeah. And that, but this person was so pissed off at the fact that I murdered an unarmed man. He was a piece of shit. I sat there, I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, this is how you guys, this is how you wrote your NPCs. And it was, it's every, it's every fucking companion from that faction with the exception of maybe one. And I haven't, I haven't done anything to piss her off yet, but we'll find out if she's still in the same, if she's in the same likes and dislikes category. Cause so far I have seen zero deviation between any of them. It's all the fucking same. And when I got to the point where I was doing missions with Sam and he's sitting there like basically just mouthing off to me every fucking time or he gets upset with me. He gets upset with me if I mouthed off to his fucking relative. Uh, I think his name was Jacob. Uh, is his father. The guy's a piece of shit. The guy was a dick. He was acting like he was acting all tight, ty- you know, all, all high and mighty like, you know, oh, you know, I'm, I'm here taking care of my family. You don't have any family, you dumbass. Nobody's here. Your your son's here. He's got your he's got your granddaughter. You're not helping anybody by doing what you do. You do nothing. You do nothing for anybody. You're a fucking figurehead for a uh, uh, politicians, and that's it. That you're 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 useless in my opinion. And I fu- I mouthed off to him every fucking chance I got. And I still got, and he, and he was, and he was a piece of shit to his own son constantly. And I got nothing but shit from Sam for it. And I went, wow, dude, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fucking stick up for you ever. So the second I got a chance of like, oh yeah, he's, he's on my ship because he gives me benefits, but he stays there. Everyone stays on that ship. No one gets to go anywhere with me. Why? Because fuck them. So I do kind of like the, uh, <laughs> the adoring fan this time around. Because everything I do is fantastic. <laughs> if I have, yeah, and I should have, and I, that's the thing is, I, I should have gone that route. I should have gone with the adoring fan. I should have gone. I should have gone with that, or should have gone with introverted as my as one of my perks. Yeah. And 
I didn't because I expected the I expected the companions to be like previous companions. And that's the thing, listeners, the, that's the stuff that pisses me off so fucking much. And why I sound so mad about it is because the things that I had expected aren't there. They're just not. And I sit there going, there, there are games that in their in their own library that are better than this from years back. And I feel like this game regresses farther back than those. I mean, how do you how do you go into a game with no expectations and still have all of them obliterated? And it's sheer ability, it's sheer dialogue, it's sheer choices. It's so far behind what any other RPG does. And I I can't fathom the 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 idea of why anyone thinks it's so freaking fantastic and you can do anything. I'm like, you can't. You can't do anything. It puts it puts you in handcuffs the entire time you're playing. You can't play like that. And the reason why I know this, listeners, go play Baldur's Gate. Play Baldur's Gate 3. You can do almost anything. You can fuck up a lot, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what the hell did I do? <laughs> yeah. But you can do almost anything. It's, it's your playground. Go have fun. Starfield should be my playground. Go have fun. And this is this is why developers were so afraid of Baldur's Gate 3. Right here. Because I have a good baseline of what a good game is and reminding me what a good game is, I can even go back to older games and see that this doesn't even match up to those. So if a game that comes out today doesn't even match up to games that came out 8, 10, 15 years ago, well, that's a problem, right? That means that the standards within the gaming industry and within this developer are so low that they're trying to lower my standards, that they're hoping that I won't remember what was good and that I'll be, I'll be completely pleased and content with something that's mediocre. That's why developers were so afraid of Baldur's Gate 3, because it reminded gamers of, yeah, this is how games used to be good. Remember, games used to be really good. And take note, no developers freaked out over Starfield. Not one. None of them came out and said, you shouldn't expect this from us. If they did, I would hope that they mean, uh, you should expect better quality from us. But no one's come out and said that. So yeah, it's a 6 out of 10. For me, like, don't get me wrong, listeners, it's between a 5 and a 6. Like, that's what it varies for me. The only reason it doesn't go below five is because I know there's some quality there. If there weren't, then it would be a four. If there, if it were, if it were even low, you know, I've played some, like I said, I've played some dog shit games in the past. So I know where the quality standards sit. There's no such thing as a perfect 10. Yeah, I'm aware of that. I don't expect a perfect 10 from Bethesda. Never did. I think a seven's, I think a seven's more than fair. More. More than fair for this game. I laughed the fact that IGN gave it a 7 out of 10 and people were losing their fucking minds over it. And I laugh even harder when people sit there and say it's game of the year. Your standards are too low. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of that is just uh, attention-seeking and fucking console war fanboy bullshit. Oh yeah, I think there's an absolute ton of console war bullshit going on. I mean, you have you have 
PlayStation fans who are so pissed off that the game's not available on it. Dude, it's not worth you getting pissed off about. Let me tell you something. And I'm almost willing, I'm willing to bet that it is going to be a timed exclusive at this point. Oh, that they're eventually going to have to release it on PlayStation because they're going to want your money. They want PlayStation's money. And I think Microsoft knows that. I think Bethesda knows that. I think that's why Bethesda was so on board with what Microsoft wanted to do. This sold a lot of Game Pass. But yeah, I'd look for it on PlayStation in the future. I don't think they're going to hold out on that. But in the meantime, PlayStation, suck it up. You got other games coming out there. You got Baldur's Gate 3 out. Go, go play that. I don't know if that's going to help you. It might ruin the game. It might ruin, you know, Starfield when it comes out for you. Who knows? But you got plenty of choices out there. It's not like it's not like you're you're hurting for games. You're, I mean, you're hurting for games if you're playing any or everything through PlayStation Plus. I'm sorry, that's that service is dicking you over tremendously. It's dicking everybody over. But I mean, you know, you got other things to look forward to. Spider Man, Spider Man's not going to be on Xbox. You don't see the Xbox fans. Oh, I shouldn't say you don't see. There's probably plenty, but it's not nearly as many as I've seen. You know, from one side digging into Starfield just because it's available on Xbox. You know, but you're going to have you're going to you don't have as many Xbox fans pissing all over PlayStation because they have Spider-Man. PlayStation paid for that game. PlayStation paid in full for that game. They own the studio that's making that game. I think there are plenty of gamers out there that are willing to say, "Yeah, they deserve dibs." <laughs> you know, the same same thing goes for Starfield. Microsoft paid for Bethesda. They paid for that game. They deserve dibs. I'm willing to give it to them. More so than PlayStation paid for their, <laughs> their fucking yeah. Uh, studio. Yeah. Not a cheap um, acquisition. I mean, be be grateful when the be, be grateful when the two play play ball together and allow each other to to play each other's games. Be grateful for that stuff. They could go exclusive if they wanted to real hard on a lot of the titles they have. And screw over a lot of gamers. But in reality, they don't, you know, PlayStation and, and Microsoft don't really believe in the console console wars. They don't see it that way. They see us all as dollar signs. We are potential customers, we are potential money. That is it. They want our money. They're going to try and figure out how to get it. Console war be damned. So, um, yeah, I mean, Miles and I obviously like I, you know, obviously listeners, I have a lot of complaints. Miles doesn't disagree with my complaints. I don't really disagree with his with his the stuff that he enjoys about it. I like the I like the the sci-finess. I like the the fact that you have these pirates out there. I kind of wish there was more to do with them. I want to know more about the spacers and why they're not involved with this Crimson Fleet. I'm hoping that comes up at some point. Um, I think it's hysterical when you get the you get the Mantis ship and you have the Mantis outfit and you're standing directly in front of a fucking pirate <laughs> and they say things like, and this is just, this is where funny dialogue comes in where they're like, I've heard there's a new mantis. I, you know, uh, what, what was it? Like, uh, somewhere along the lines of like, you better hope I never run into him. And you're standing right in front of him with the actual <laughs> suit on. It's hysterical. Yeah. 
uh, there are times where you jump into space, you jump in from, from, uh, from an area into a certain port, like certain parts of space and spacers will be there. They'll start to attack you. And then they realize what your ship is. If you're, if you're flying the razor leaf, even if you've completely modified, like I have modified the complete shit out of it to the point where it doesn't look anything it. like the razor leaf and <laughs> renamed it, they go, Oh my God, it's the mantis. And they, they, they try to get the hell out of there before you can kill them. Although uh, mine, I think, is bugged had- now. They don't run anymore. They just stop fighting and float in space until I attack them. <laughs> <laughs> they, they think my you vision's based off movement. <laughs> movement. <laughs> he's, he's a space T-Rex. Um, yeah, I could totally see that. Um, yeah, and, you know, I, there are certain bugs that made me laugh. The the. The terrible a- yeah, ambient occlusion on NPCs and they eyeball you as you pass is hysterical to me. Every time I see it, they're like, what is he doing? Who are you? Like, it's it's this weird lighting effect that Bethesda has, and it's only on NPCs that are not main talking characters. If you if you go over to a main talking character or a kiosk or anything like that, they have fully animated mouths, they have you know, well, they're well textured, everything. But you go over to a regular NPC that's just populated in the area to give you the, the illusion of, of a living world. And these ones are so fucked off, it's hysterical. They have these awful lighting conditions that light up the wrong parts of their faces. And, you know, when I tell you they give you the, 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 the side eye, they give you the side eye, they give you the long, the, you know, the, you know, looking down at you glance, like they lean their head, like in some cases they will lean their head all the way back and look at you dead on. It is the weirdest shit I have seen. And it makes me laugh every time. I'm like, God damn, what the fuck is wrong with these things? Um, you know, I, there, there's, there's plenty of things in there that I enjoy that I'm going, okay, it's not enough. It's that, that make me go. It's not enough to make it a five. It's not enough to make it really a five. It's not enough to make it a four. It's actually, you know, around a six for me. And that makes it an average game it makes it, you know, it, it makes it the game that you would go to blockbuster back in the day or any rental place. You'd rent it for, for a week. You'd rent it for a certain period of time. You'd play the shit out of it, get your money's worth out of it, and then you return it. It's not a game you'd keep. It's not a game you'd go back to, but it's a game you're going to go through, finish, and you're done with it. And that's exactly what Game Pass what offers. We're doing with Game Pass, yeah. Yeah, which, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's what Game Pass offers. Game Pass is offering me that choice. If I, Don't get me wrong. If I had paid $70, yeah, I'd be with Miles. I'd probably be sitting there. I would probably tell you, yeah, it's a five or a four based off of that price. Because I think that price is ludicrous. I think $70 is insane. And if you paid $100 for this game, you got <laughs> ripped off. Straight up. Uh, I, I laughed. No offense, Justin, if you hear this. I laughed when you bought it. Because I sat there going, he doesn't even, you don't even care for these kind of RPGs. And you still, bought, you still bought the $100 version of it. Never mind the fact that he already had Game Pass. And he still bought it, and I think he did it just because I just because I brought up just because I brought up the fact that it, that, that it was a ripoff, and he was like, oh, "I'll show him," and he bought it, and 
and he straight up feels ripped off. And I think that's funny. I find that humorous. My friend ripped himself off to prove a point, And all he did was prove me right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, listeners, if you're if you're on the fence on whether or not you want to use it, my personal recommendation, if you're on PC, immediately go to mods, go to gamers or go to a certain gamers nexus nexus mods they are not related go to nexus mods and download the uh the the simplified uis the 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 better the better ui uh interfaces for looking at guns for looking at your menu systems that shorten things up that make things a little more friendly to use with especially with a controller when you're scrolling through things the greatest one is using is getting the icons UI and the uh, the stats UI. So you get a stat page when you actually click on something now instead of before, like you basically had to scroll through and look at your weapons, look at each individual, like see what the damage was, what the deep, you know, what the DPS is, all that stuff by scrolling through the weapons. In this case, you get a UI that actually shows you all that stuff across the board. It even tells you the value of the gun and the market value of the gun if you were to sell it it's a fantastic tool duh and it's one of those things of when you see it you go why wasn't this already in the game well because bethesda is gonna they're relying heavily on their modding community to essentially add the tools that they did not and that's why they still use creation engine because creation engine as much crap as we give it in the fact that it is Gamebryo, essentially. It allows for modding so easily, it's crazy. But if you're going to do modding on there, make sure you also get the, uh, if you want to keep your achievements, that is, make sure you also get the, uh, the mod that re-enables achievements if you're using mods. Because when you use mods, and this is true for Steam and Game Pass, it disables achievements, which is completely ridiculous because you can disable your achievements on accident just by opening up the fucking console. Yeah, I, uh, I accidentally hit that button uh, when I was doing ship creation. Yep. And uh, it pop popped up. up with the little warning window, like, if you do this, it's going to disable achievements. But there was no option to, like, click off of it. Like, no, 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 I'm not going to use it. Like, you yeah, just they, had to they've... hit enter to uh, agree to yeah. it be like okay they've, they've patched it so that they've patched it so you can say okay and exit out of it by pressing the <laughs> button again uh but if you it, it, so long as you so now so so now so long as you don't type anything you're good yeah. I mean, but yeah. when it when it started my, my, yeah, when it started it, it immediately just fucked you over yeah my only option was to hit okay i'm like yeah uh no i was like glad i saved i just i just forced close yeah. the program but like yeah I'll, and that's and I'll personally, I think that's it. for the best because what because of what happened to me. Because yeah. what happened to me was as soon as I did that, it changed my next save into save modded. I had typed yeah. nothing at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck?" Uh, you know, the, and then the you know the only other time I the only other time I ended up using the uh, the console was after I did mods. I was like, "All right, I'm going to do mods. I'm going to open up the console. I'm going to start looking at stuff and seeing what I can go out and get." And, well, that's. That's not entirely accurate, I guess. I like I've had to open up the console several times to fix the game. Uh I mean dozens of times now at this point. 
Um, I mean, the game's really buggy. It, it's, there's a reason why the console's always been available to people on the PC because it's a really buggy game and it's, it gets broken all the fucking time. So it just is what it is. But the fact that they close off your achievements because you had to use the console because you had to fix their game. God, Bethesda, you guys have got to be smarter than this. Seriously, that's dumb. You know what certain items are and shit like that. Yeah, I've been I've been doing that since uh, since I modded or modded the game. I will tell you, it is harder to mod the game on Game Pass than it is on Steam. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, Microsoft does not make it easy. Uh, I ended up I ended up not being able to use the Vortex uh, interface to do it either. I ended up having to do it manually, uh, which was a pain in the ass. Because then you have to remember what you modded. But uh, so long as you don't use too many, you're you're fine. I mostly use uh, for mods. I use uh, quality of life improvements, mostly with the uh, the user interface because your user interface is so bad. Uh, but yeah, I mean, let's just that's how that's how I recommend you play the game. If you're if you're curious about it, if you want to go into it, go ahead and start it up. See what it's like. If you're not crazy about how it's playing, go and pull up mods. No joke. See what they're like. See what you can pull up. Uh, I'm honestly thinking about installing the uh, easy Digipix mod just because I'm getting tired of doing those because that's a pain in the ass. It's not that I uh, can't do them. I can do all the way up to master level and yeah. I'm fine. They just take yeah. up time and I came across an area that had four safes, four safes in the same fucking area in like the same room. I was like, what the fuck? I just well, got tired of it and then left them alone. <laughs> Yeah, it used to be that uh, if something was locked up, it was usually, you know, relatively valuable. But they put locks on literally everything in the game. Everything. You know, yeah. the lockers, safes, lunchboxes, you fucking name it. They'll put a lock on Yeah. And a lot of the times, there's absolutely fucking no reason to open it. Like, I... nine times out of ten, there's just not good enough loot to warrant lock picking the item for it. The only time yeah, it's now that you a said little that, bit more worthwhile is when it's a room, when it's a door yeah. to get into somewhere. Then it's like, okay, yeah, there actually is the potential of something being good being in here. But the problem is you'll open up one of those rooms and there will be like a safe or a locker that is also locked. I'm like, man, yeah. fuck you. Come on. Yeah, I, really quick, I got to tell you, I, I, since you brought that up, I had an experience where I opened up a uh, weapon uh, box and usually when you open a weapon box, it's got a weapon in it, right? Oh, there was nothing in it. Empty. There's tons of. Yeah, it, but it, there was nothing in it and it was a locked one. I was so yep. pissed off and it wasn't just like it wasn't like a, no, a novice lock. It wasn't an advanced lock. It was a master lock. I was like, OK, well, yep. I haven't had a whole lot of master, whole lot of master locks. I'll go ahead and do this one because uh, it, you know, it's got to be good. It's a weapons crate and it's master locked. All right, let's let's open this up fucking nothing it made me so mad i almost went i'm not gonna open up another lock ever again oh, the whole fucking i've, I've game. walked past several that i'm like i'm just not wasting my time with it yeah well, and then now i, I, have, I laugh now my I have ass so much off. fucking income that i'm just like i don't care yeah i laugh my <laughs> ass off because sometimes i'll go into these offices and they'll have a safe behind their desk and it's not yeah. locked like i can just walk right? up and take you know whatever's in it out of it whatever's like, in it this is unlocked but that fucking lunchbox near the locker <laughs> over there had to be locked to protect the uh, chunks fucking apple 
and sedative that it had in there. <laughs> and most definitely not milk. Milk. <laughs> so, it's there there's a lot of stupid dumb shit in the in the game and like I said, I don't I don't disagree with any of the the complaints. It's just I'm able to you're able to have fun. Yeah, yeah I'm able to have fun. And that's, that's really all that matters is, are you able to have fun? And that's why listeners, that's why, you know, as, as negative, like, as I can be, that's why we're bringing up, we're, we're, we're doing this because like, you have to understand if you can still have fun, this, what I say doesn't mean anything in the end, like that. Yeah. I can have every complaint in the world, but if, if you're having fun, does it matter? No. So that's why we said. Try Game Pass. It's a rental. It's the best rental you can have yep. uh, for for a month. It's a month long. You'll have a game that's longer than we ever got from from Blockbuster. And Blockbuster used to charge us through the nose <laughs> back in the day for a game. So, um, like two to three times the cost of of a video. Yeah, it was like fucking five five dollars a day for every day after your your return date. Yeah, it was it was. It was some shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Um uh listeners, thank you for listening to us. Really do appreciate it. Uh if you want, tell your friends about us. Uh it's literally the only way we get around. I'm I'm not kidding about that. Uh we don't have really any social media presence because we don't like social media. Uh and we're old. We're just too old. We can't do it anymore. Um <laughs> <laughs> so if you hated us and you stuck with us well thank you for listening i, I don't know why you stuck with us man there's gotta maybe be something like there for you. uh if you <laughs> maybe they're just hate hate listening if you're hate listening thank you appreciate it uh but yeah anyways this is vargo anderson and miles keep on geeking on and we're out